What's up, guys? Welcome back. Me and JD are back at it. Episode 22 as we continue to head towards that 100 mark. Um, we, uh, we're going to dive right into some football starting off this episode. And we're going to start in the Windy City with the Chicago Bears taking on the uh, it, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. I believe that game was home. Oh, oh, oh no, it was away, right? They played. It was away. in Seattle. Yep, in they Seattle. Were in Seattle. So the Bears taking on the Seahawks. It, I thought they were away. Um, right. They they get a win. They get a good win there. 25-24. Uh, Nick Foles, the starting quarterback for this game. Um. And they they showed fight, man. The whole game, they just from what I saw, they they showed a lot of fight. They had to stay with Seattle the whole game, and they they had to, you know, multiple times they had to come back from, you know, a touchdown deficit and 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 get back into it. And and you know, they they gave themselves a chance at the end. But um, I thought it was a good win for them. I want to get your thoughts on it, though. No, it was. It was a great win. Um, it showed a lot of heart. Uh, Nick Foles, man, you should have seen the. Uh, I, I'm in a lot of different Bears groups on uh, social media and everything, and you know, on different forums and everything. And man, people were not not happy about Nick Foles being the starter. They wanted Justin. Like I, I saw these, some of these comments, and I just thought they were kind of stupid. Like so many people, what's up, Bill? So many people, man, wanted Justin Fields to start, even though he has like various ding injuries and stuff. I don't understand that. The, the season is over. We are not going to the playoffs. We're not going to the Super Bowl. So just just try to, like, not kill these guys, man. Like, that's what I don't understand. So, so many people didn't want Nick Foles. Nick Foles comes in there. He does an amazing job, plays really well. Like, almost all of his um, incompletions, except for maybe, like, three or four, were really good passes. Like, just dropped right off the hand, slipped. You know, it was, snowy, it was a snowy uh, time in Seattle. So – like Nick Foles played amazing football. It seems like later in the season, the later the season goes, the better Nick Foles plays, kind of like Tom Brady in that way. And um, I, I liked what I saw. Ultimately, I have said it for a while that I didn't understand the reason for even signing Andy Dalton when you have Nick Foles making like $12 million. So I, it made no sense to me, and it still doesn't. Uh, 16 weeks in. I have no idea why Andy Dalton's on the roster. Nick Foles is an excellent backup, um, and he is an excellent influence on on anyone, <laughs> on any player. He's a good he's a good locker room guy. So I liked what I saw. I liked how um, <clears throat> how aggressive everyone played, especially toward the fourth quarter. They were very like they did. The Bears really believe they can win that game, even when they were down like 13 points. They believe they can win that game, 100. percent all of them did. That's what I noticed too. They, one of the things is they never quit. They never, Not they once. never quit. Even when they were down ten, you know, when they were down thirteen, when they were down big, that that fourth quarter showed. I think what what the future of that Bears, you know, like what they what they really could be like, you know, heading into next year. I, I think that fourth quarter showed a lot about that team that they they um. They fought, man. They had to fight and scratch and claw their way back into it, and that was that was a good win for them. It was. It was a good morale win for them. It showed that they can, you know, that they can play from behind and 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 get back into games when they need to. That was a that was a good win. Absolutely, I, I love to see it, um, and I think it all. I, I think the belief is it, it comes from the quarterback position for sure. 
I think that Nick Foles, you know, being his experience, his hardware, people know what he's about. They know he's not overly talented, but they believe that you could win with him. And I think that he definitely his composure, his composure was was obvious. It was very obvious. Like, and that's the kind of guy I want to be a backup. Really composed. Like, don't go like he. I mean, look at what he. I mean, he he took that Eagles team against the Patriots and led them. You know, led that amazing. It was so his leadership skills. You know, and his skill. You know, and and the skill set like that for those guys like a veteran like that to have on the sideline and just, you know, in guys ear, just constantly encouraging them, even though, you know what I mean? Like th- that type yeah. of stuff is, is invaluable, you know, it, it really is. It really is. And if, if I'm looking at this, like I talked about it a lot, the cap issue that the bears have, and I think it's becoming more and more prevalent in the bears, uh, in the bears kind of community, their fandom, uh, that's, the cap is completely messed up. And, and like, even well, like it just doesn't make sense to have three quarterbacks right now. That's my point. And I, and if we're going to keep one, it has to be Nick Foles. It just has to be. I so, would, Hey, I would keep Foles over Andy Dalton simply because Foles is, I mean, Foles has hardware. Andy Dalton doesn't, you know That's what, I mean? what I'm like, saying? They make the same honestly, salary. I would trust Foles over, over Dalton. I would trust him over Andy Dalton. I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit annoyed with that too. Like, how could you sign Nick Foles, trade for him, and then sign Andy Dalton? Like, as if that's an upgrade. That's what I never understood. It was kind of weird maybe, to me. But anyway, it maybe weird. it was it was one of those moves where it, it was like, maybe it was like, okay, we'll sign Foles and then we'll sign Dalton and we'll have him fight it out. You know, we'll have him fight it out and whoever wins, you know, gets gets the backup and then. The other guys just kind of like a, uh, you know, an emergency yeah. situation just in case. But honestly, I, now looking like Foles might have trouble with the longevity. Look, the with the longevity of like a full season. But sure. Like he's a gamer, dude. He he's yes. a gamer, and he'll he'll pl- like he'll play hard when 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 put in situations. He's one of the things that I think Nick Foles has going for him that I think Andy Dalton really doesn't. The 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 spotlight doesn't bother Nick no. Foles. It doesn't. Not you know at what all. I mean? And I think when you really crank pressure up on Andy Dalton, it gets to him. Yes. Yeah. When the when the pocket was collapsing under Nick Foles, he just kept looking downfield, and all of a sudden he gets sacked. Okay, Tuck. When Andy Dalton is on the run, when he's forced out of the pocket, when he's pressured, he is scatterbrained. It's, it's, a uh, different, it's, a different story. it's a much different story. And for yeah, that reason alone, I like, I mean, Nick Foles should absolutely be fields as backup next year. And honestly, I like Nick Foles, voice in, in, you know, in with fields. Oh, Cause they're, you know, they're both mobile guys, you know, they can throw well on the run. And I think Foles would be a good kind of like a good person for, for, Justin to bounce things off, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. like to, b- to bounce things off of on the sidelines. I just think they fit better than Andy Dalton. Just 100%. the style of play. 100%. Like, you're talking about two guys from a spread offense, that alone, right there. And then a guy like Andy Dalton, no offense to him, but he's from like an old school TCU run game. I mean, it was kind of a, a modern type of thing. But Andy Dalton, he's just not. 
he's not what we need. He's a guy who, honestly, he fits better in Cincinnati where he used to be, like as a backup or something like that. He fits better as a backup. He wants to be a starter. It's kind of – I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and, and, yes, I think Foles, with this win, I think Foles solidified, at least in my mind, because here's here's what I will say, which we'll talk about in a second with the state of the Bears, but there's a lot of division in the Bears' kingdom, if you want to mm-hmm. say. A lot of division. People are very – a lot of oh, a lot of disagreements, man. I've been reading a lot of stuff, and people do not do not agree. But I think Foles has earned the backup position in my mind. All right, so I want to. I'm going to do a little something a little different here. I want to. I want to. So this article, guys, that I that I found is is from the Chicago Sun Times, um, and the title of that article, JD, is called "I Know the Bears Are Bad, <laughs> But I'm Still Trying to Figure Out If It's Justin If Justin Fields Is Too." So. What's your initial thought just off the title? Well, I mean, how like it's impossible to know if Justin Fields is good. Uh, but I mean, I would say that just based on the potential, he has the potential to be good. You know what I mean? Like it's going to take time and you have to be a good team. Like even look at Mac Jones is a really good example because obviously they're they're drafted in the exact same draft, the same round. Yep. Mac Jones, he's had some good games. He's had some bad games. The good games he had, he was kind of limited. They ran really well, and he threw he threw the wide open guys. The bad games he had, they relied on his arm more, and he was put into positions he's never been into before, and now he has to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, and that's with a good team. That's with a good team. He still struggled. He struggles a little bit. That's with a good team, and that's a good that's a good quarterback, I think. Justin Fields has a terrible team, <laughs> one of the worst teams in the entire league. Yeah, a horrible team. The worst, one of the worst offensive lines, maybe in football right now, and they're completely inconsistent. You never know who's going to be in the offensive line, so they have no symmetry. Um, and you're looking at Foles. Foles was pressured a lot. Even he still played really well. He's got a lot of experience. Justin Fields does not have as much experience, especially playing against a bad offensive line. High school. He probably didn't play – he was probably a dominant athlete in high school. I just imagine Justin yeah. Fields was an incredible athlete in high school. And then college, he went to Ohio State. So you're going to have really good offensive linemen at Ohio State, obviously. Yeah. You're coming to the Bears, and you have the one of the worst offensive linemen lines in the world, and he still has thrown for 200 yards, 200-plus yards multiple times. He's ran for plenty of first downs. He's made some incredible throws. He's thrown down the field accurately. I'd say, man, he deserves at least two years – I'd yeah. say 18 more starts before I even think about, like, is he good or not? Because yeah. we need to get this team under control first. That's right, my so initial let's, thoughts. Let's dive into this, okay? So it starts out with, why is the Bears offense so inept? Is it the scheme? Is it the coaching? Is it the receivers? Is it the O-line? The inexperience? Or all of the above? Or It's hard. Uh, no, or all of the above. Okay. Um, right, I'm going to first, so let, oh, let, me, sorry. let me just continue down sure. there for one sec. All right. It says, here's mm-hmm. one takeaway from the bears, 25, 24 victory Sunday against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, tr- maybe the quarterback situation truly is messed up. And another, maybe the bears have been starting the wrong quarterback this season. Do you think <laughs> or not? Well, yeah, I do. Uh, and the reason I do is because Matt Nagy was actually right. That was one of the few things he was right about. And uh, me and you fought this for a long time too. 
I, I didn't mean? want. Yeah, we, I wanted to it for a long time because well, we thought yeah. he was making the wrong choice. Well, to me, there's no right or wrong choice if Justin Fields is your future. Because yeah. if Justin Fields is your future and you throw him out there and he, you know, struggles a little bit and he learns some things, okay, fine, whatever. But if you wanted to sit him down and have him watch for a year, then that wouldn't be a bad idea either. I think that the Bears fans are so toxic, we're a bunch of toxic douchebags that <laughs> that you we eventually fans. We pushed, we pushed them. I'd say Chicago and Philly and, and New England, yeah, a bunch of toxic fan bases. And, and it was nothing wrong with it because we, I mean, we have like expectations. We have, we have high passion. expectations. Yeah, exactly. Even the Bears do, even though we don't win that much, we still have high expectations. And uh, well, there's a st- see, there's a standard, and in like in franchises that have been around forever, like the Bears. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. It, like the Pats have been around since the sixth, since 1960 for these franchises. And especially ones like New England who have known nothing but success. Right. We, we have standards, dude. And when they don't get met, we get mad. Yes. Yeah. You get, you get frustrated. You want them to do something. You think that maybe they're not doing everything they could be doing in this situation. I've talked about it multiple times, but I definitely want to – I'll brush over it one more time is that Ryan Pace is to blame for this. I cannot blame Matt Nagy 100%. Now, do I think Matt Nagy could have handled certain things better, maybe played different guys more, maybe stuck to his guns a little bit better as the the leader of the team? Sure. Do I think he's wishy-washy towards the media? Sure. But do I think he's a bad head coach? I don't know. I would like to see a little bit more, but if I don't see a little bit more, that's fine too. If he ends up being fired, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to crap myself to sleep. All right. So the article continues. It says, and finally. So the final thought before we get into the examination part of this, right before they sure. kind of break it down, it says, and finally, is it possible young quarterback Justin Fields and the and the Bears, uh, and the Bears, uh, hopeful future savior, is a dud. See, I think it's too early for that. It's way too early to be making a statement like that. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. But I would say, hey, shout out to Ross. Thanks for the donut, my guy. Give Fields time. Wife is sick. Which hey, well, I hope she feels better, Ross. Yeah, Appreciate I hope she feels better. Now. Yeah, pray for her. Prayers up for her. Um, I would say that that Fields, yeah, he has a long way to go before I'm able to just determine whether he's going to be a bust or not. He, um, first of all, we have to remember, he was a late first round pick, if I remember right. Wasn't 11th? Well, not late first round, but it wasn't a top 10. He wasn't a, he wasn't a top five pick. He was 11th. I believe 11th. they traded for number 11. I believe 11. they picked him at 11, yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, you picked him at a spot where you felt like it's good value, uh, and it wasn't a number one overall pick. If it he number went one way over- after he was, he was projected to go, though. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. A lot of people had him going in the top five. In so the top easily top five. And he went at eleven. So that's well, he's really talented. He's he's really talented. You see him break out of the pocket. You see his, his down the field accuracy. Mm-hmm. It's the little things. In my opinion, I if I had to bet money right now, you know, you're holding the gun to my head, I gotta bet some money. I'm going all in on fields. Hundred percent. I, I would I give him a ninety percent chance to be at least a solid backup or excuse me, not a backup, a solid starter in this league because he's one, he's athletic, so he's got that going for him. He's really good outside the pocket. He's really good down the field throwing, 
And all he has to do is 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 clean up the little things. You know, the the play calling at the line. The he can throw on the run really well, really well. The talent is all there. The accuracy is there. So what's left? Just experience, learning. Yeah. You know, being smart, like looking at the plays, breaking them down. No rookie is good at that. Tom Brady wasn't good at that. Peyton Manning wasn't good at that in the first year. I'm waiting to second, third year Dude, before Manning I make it. Brady's first year weren't too good. I mean, Brady, yeah, Brady, like he was good, but he didn't, he wasn't good, good. His he didn't team become was good. Tom Brady until like 04. Tom Brady was like Mac Jones his first year. Like he was just like, I mean, he threw in a couple interceptions, but he wouldn't throw the game away. And then now he's throwing more than ever. Peyton Manning was god awful. So it's, you got to give these things time. You got to give these times to ba- time to bake. He's still a kid, 23 years old. So, all right, you ready? So here's the breakdown. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on this. So I'm going to read you the breakdown that they, that they brought. And then I want to hear what you got to, th- what you got to say. All right. It starts. The bears right now have three quarterbacks, two of whom who are injured, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, mm-hmm. which leaves the third Nick Nick Foles with a chance to play. It goes on and says, as the game progressed on the icy, snowy fields in Seattle, you kept waiting for Foles to prove he's a he's as antique and rusty as a barn nail, which we never saw it. Yeah, he played well. Did play well. It says you knew them. You knew the moment of failure was coming. You just didn't know when. Foles' passer rating was a decent 98.5, but his rating when it but his rating when it mattered on the six-play 80-yard touchdown drive was 158.3. Wow! See, he's clutch. He he's got ice in his veins. The the spotlight isn't he doesn't (laughs) shy away from it. Uh, So on that one drive that you guys needed to score. To you know, to win that game, it was 158.3. That's amazing. It's, That's amazing. It's, I didn't know you that. You know what that is? That's a perfect, That's perfect game. Rating. Yeah. That's perfect. That's a perfect passer rating. I, that's what I'm saying. He has to be the backup. That's my opinion on that. Like it, it this he has to be the backup. He, Andy Dalton's never going to do that, especially so in crunch the, time. It continues. Yes, it was only one draw. Yes, it was only one game. In a lost season, a five and ten year, with a likely coaching change uh, happening in a couple of weeks, but it mattered because Bears coach Matt Nagy clearly felt pressured into starting the raw, or pre- pressured into starting the raw, the raw uncertain Justin Fields in ten games this season, perhaps because he was eager to see the twenty-two year old play uh, play as just as the fans were and the display by the former Ohio state star hasn't been pretty to this point. That's what we have to come to expect from rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. True. You can't expect them to be, to be superstars year one. That's just not very likely to happen. Yeah. It's, I don't know why. Yeah. So so this says, There's a long history of rookies failing out of the NFL very quickly. Very long. <laughs> One huge reason is that those high draft choice quarterbacks inevitably go to lousy teams where 
where failure failure almost can be counted upon. <laughs> Looking uh, for the rookies yeah. who go to places where they can play or sit for a spell on teams that have solid offenses and defenses, offense, defense, and coaching. Think Absolutely. of Dan Marino or Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. That's a big one right there. The Bears have no such luxury. They were a bad team when they drafted Fields, and they're a bad team now. So what are your thoughts? I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. Uh, the very the beginning part where where you're saying, like, you know, is is he a bust already? It's impossible to say that. It's a, it's absolutely impossible to say that, especially once once he's shown potential. So that's that part. I'm just gonna like let go because that one is just no way. I'm not gonna. I'll address that in a year. It's too uh, soon. Way too soon. It's like it's yeah. It's so soon. And also, I'm not gonna give Matt Nagy any credit or Ryan Pace any credit <laughs> for having Nick Foles on the roster and him being the third string. And we well, like oh, we lucked out that our third stringer is good. It's like we knew he was good. That's why you traded for him to begin with. You don't get credit for that. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give – like, that guy's trying to give him credit. I'm not even giving him credit for that. That's ridiculous. Uh, was he pressured by the fan base? I'd say he was more pressured by the fan base. I don't think he wanted to start Justin Fields at all. I don't think Matt Nagy wanted to start Justin Fields at all. Like, I really don't. It was just every article was coming out, and he should – you know what? If this was Belichick, he wouldn't listen to that crap. If this was Andy Reid, he's not going to listen. He doesn't care. I think the media played a lot. I, I think yeah. the, the Chicago media played a massive role in – they do and really forcing that that hand. I 100 percent agree, and I I don't I don't think, and yeah, is he put in a tough Steve, position? That, that yeah, should be like shooting a snot rocket at the Chicago media and being like, "I told you so." The kid's not ready yet. He was so wishy washy during this process. He really was like, he, and yeah, when you're the leader, you can't be wishy washy. So, has Matt Nagy? Did, does he deserve his Bill job? Would have handled that. He would have stuck his nose up, shot a snot rocket at them, and walked yeah. off the podium. He would have laughed at. He would be like, "What? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even address this. This is ridiculous." So you're right. It, he would just look at them like they're crazy, and that's what Matt Nagy should have done. Instead, he he felt the pressure. Every other day was something different, especially during the middle of the season when he didn't know if he was going to start Dalton or uh, once Dalton got hurt and he wanted to bring Dalton back, but Justin Fields had a pretty good game. That was when the Matt Nagy like leadership should have kicked in and be like, no, no, I don't care. I don't care that you like Justin Fields. We're going to start Andy Dalton, even though I think that was a mistake too. So I really – I don't have a lot of good things to say about Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace really because you just saw Nick Foles. Think if Nick Foles would have started from week one until now. And let's say he might have gotten hurt. You guys okay. probably could have won three more games, two to probably two more games. That's what I'm saying. So if you would have done that, I bet people wouldn't have complained so much. Instead, you threw Andy Dalton out there, and he and he struggled against the Lions, struggled against everybody. Like he, he's 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 a joke. And, and here's the thing: like he, he was on. This isn't like this is pretty obvious. When he was in Dallas, like people, he wasn't good. He was not good in Dallas. They only won like four games. So I don't know why you thought, hey, we'll bring him here where our offensive line is even worse and we have less weapons and yeah. we have a worse running backs and younger running backs and less experienced people, and you'll just win like 10 games. Were you really thinking that? Like, that is, I just don't – I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are not the sharpest tools in the in the shed, 
And I and I think that ultimately that might be their undoing. They're probably gonna they're probably gonna meet their end soon. That's what I would say. So that leads me into my next thing. And I wanna we did this a while back. Mm-hmm. I want the state of the Chicago Bears right now from a fan's <sighs> perspective. I want a state of the Chicago Bears. Finish up with the state of the Chicago Bears. Here it is, man. It's civil war, tyranny, and confusion. <laughs> civil war let's talk about that there is a huge portion of the fan base that is arguing i am in the middle on all of this i really am and i don't want to be in the middle i want to have a definitive opinion but i just can't because there's such a confusing team there's such a huge uh civil war when it comes to matt Nagy. right now it's it's literally like I, i've read all the forms it's basically like half the fan base is blaming ryan pace the other half is ba- blaming matt Nagy. if i had to choose a side it would definitely be ryan pace i want to blame him in a heartbeat because he just screwed up the entire cap so that the civil war is definitely at the top and ted phillips retiring doesn't get a lot of press for some reason i don't know why i think it's a huge deal ted phillips just like resigning because he feels like he failed i, I just think that that's a huge deal so that's that's a big deal. Like, didn't he basically just like hand his resignation in and be like, yeah. "Yeah, I failed, guys. I'm sorry. I failed. I messed up. I haven't I haven't been good since Lovey Smith. See ya." And you know what? Thank you because that's what we needed. But now we're talking about should we keep Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, whoever they hire is going to decide that. So I think it's kind of a feudal civil war. But at the same time, they're having one. And then the other civil war that they're having, which I think is treason, is that uh, Justin Fields is not. Uh, going to be a good quarterback, or that we should move on or draft a quarterback. I heard that too. We should draft a few quarterbacks. This, or we should draft a couple quarterbacks in in the second round or something this year, just to see what we get. Like, dude, we have so many other needs besides quarterback. It's not even. Worry about what's in front of the quarterback. Jeez, first. give him a ch- give him another year at least. My God, can we can we give this kid like a little bit of time, a little bit of breathing room? Anyway, so the the, the state of the Bears. To sum it up, my friend is civil war confusion and treason so i that's that's what it is it's it, everything is confusing too i don't even have to explain that it's just confusing we don't know who's good or who's not i know i got like five young guys i want to keep the rest of them i don't care so so okay so who are your who are your guys who who are your cornerstones the young cornerstones that you want to build around it might be more than five let me break it down so justin fields i want to keep him 100 percent. i i think white hair I don't know. I think that's your cent your center, right? The center guard, yeah. He switches yeah, a lot. On. I would hold on to him. He's probably your best offensive lineman at the moment. Yeah, and then and then they got this guy, uh dang it's his name is slipping me. They got they got a rookie uh offensive lineman from the second round. He's he's showing some promise finally throughout the year. He's it took him a while. Um besides that, I don't care. You scrap the entire offensive line besides those two offensive linemen. Um seriously, cut them all. I they're none yep. of them are good. Uh, and then uh, linebackers, we have to cut half of them. We literally do. Maybe even Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith, I keep him. Ogletree is cheap. I keep him. Everybody else, see ya. Ogletree's uh, on a very team-friendly contract. Yeah, it's he's exactly. And if he if we even pay him a little bit more, that'd be okay. Like I wouldn't freak out. Um, Goldman probably got to go. Uh, Jalen Johnson, keep him. Absolutely, keep him. If you can keep Eddie Jackson, you already signed him. You might as well keep him. Um, and then David Montgomery, I'd keep him. Uh, Herbert, I, I'd at least keep him another year, see what he does. And uh, Mooney. And uh, that's about it. I just gave you, I think, a seven. That's it. Nobody else. Get rid of them all. 
scrap. Oh yeah, Graham. I'll take Graham too. He's like a sixth round pick walk or like he got waived once. He come back. He's playing really well. I'll keep him. So yeah, that's my that's my core. Eight guys out of fifty five. Yeah, cut the All rest, right. and then just go from there. Absolutely, state of the Bears. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. Let's let's keep it football now, and let's Absolutely. go to uh, let's head back east and back to Foxborough, Massachusetts, where unfortunately my New England Patriots took an L against the a division rival Buffalo Bills. 33-21, unfortunately. And uh, this was an ugly game. Mac Jones hasn't played too many bad games this year. There's maybe been there's maybe been four four games out of the 15 where he's he himself legitimately has played bad. And this was one of them. He wasn't good in this game. Yeah, no question. He, he wasn't good in this game. He looked rattled. He looked he looked out of sorts. Um, he wasn't accurate. Um, it, it was just a bad game for him. It, it was personally, it was a bad game for him. Sure. Um, but in his defense, the whole offense looked terrible. The whole offense looked terrible. The whole defense looked bad. For the second, for probably the third week in a row now, the the Pats have come out really flat, like really flat. No, no, like sense of urgency what's whatsoever, and it really hurts them because they get down, and 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 I think it's really like they get they get down early, and it's not it's not good. A, a, a rookie for a rookie quarterback to have to play from behind all the time in a game is is not is not good. That's just all that pressure all the time on him. It's it's not a good thing. Um, it was snowing too. Some yeah. stats that really stood out in this game. The Patriots one for ten on third downs. One Jeez. for ten on third downs. Yeah. The Bills. The Bills seven for thirteen. On third downs. There's Here's the big one. Here's the big one, right? On fourth down, the pay, the, 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 on pay, on fourth down, the bills were three for four on fourth down. Okay. Man, three for that's four ridiculous. On fourth down. That's ridiculous. Was Buffalo and one for 10. Like you can't win a game when you go one for 10 on third down. On offense, you, you can't you can't do that. No, all you one just, for ten, and then you let you give up three for five. Yeah, exactly. It's no, you can't win a game like that. And it was like like just going back to the first the first half was not good. The offense looked the offense looked really bad. The defense was was holding. I should say it was playing that kind of typical Pats, you know. Ben don't break where they have to earn every every I mean there was one drive where Buffalo just went right through them like a hot knife through butter it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even a challenge but for the most part they kind of played that Ben don't break defense that they're known for you know sure but like when your offense here's here's the thing though when you play that kind of defense and your offense doesn't help you out 
it wears a defense out. Yeah, it does. If your defense is constantly on the field, you're chasing a guy like like Diggs, like Allen. It's it's gonna you're gonna break down eventually. So you got to put some points on the board to give yourself some leeway, and uh, it, so it just didn't seem big, to happen. Big standouts. So some kind of big. We'll stick on the offensive side of the ball first. They did uh, an upside to this on offense. Damian Harris again for a hundred, a hundred plus and 18. I think he went, I went, think he went for one Oh four, no one Oh eight on 18 carries or one Oh four on 18 carries. So pretty good. Once again, the guy's getting, you know, five yards a carry. So the run game is there. It was, you know, it was there. Um, And for the most part, I think the offensive line played, played pretty well. Right. So it's on the kid at that point. Um, He's going to make mistakes. They they just it was all a lot of this. Well, so so the blocking was good. Fundamentals were not. There was a lot of stupid penalties on the offensive line, jumping off sides, holding. They they just this game was very uncharacteristic of New England. You don't see see New England is the team that feasts on other people's mistakes. That's what we exactly do. Bill Belichick lets the other coach make stupid mistakes and we make that team pay for it. That's what we that's what we've done for 20 seasons. We we capitalize on other teams' mistakes and we score points off of it. And we were the team making all the mistakes this game. And, and it's just it was just not good. It was the the first half was not good. It was really bad. The upside, the second half. The team and the kid, Jones rebounded in the second half. One one thing one thing that all that all good good quarterbacks in this league have is they got fight. They're not going to give up. Right. That came out in the second in the second half, and that kid was willing to fight. You could tell that he he was doing everything he could to fight and stay in that game. And 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 so that's what I like. I like seeing that. You could tell that he's. And after the game, he said, he personally said, we didn't play well enough. I didn't play well enough. I didn't lead well enough. The accountability. So the kids, I, I that is a, a plus. You know, he's got the fight in him, and he's got the know that he's constantly trying to improve, which are huge upsides. It is. That is definitely a huge upside. Um, the, the uh, I don't know. It's just. It was just all the play calling too. Again, like uh, I don't know. I I just I don't have. I'm starting to really lose faith faith in in Josh McDaniels, and I'll get to him like a little. I'm gonna kind of just get into that a little bit. Now, he did a, a post a post kind of like post game interview, if you could call it today, mm-hmm. and they were they were talking to him. Um, it was either this morning or yesterday. I I, I think it was this morning. Or this afternoon. And he basically admitted that he doesn't know how to use some of these guys in this offense. <laughs> admitted it. Said that I don't he's having trouble integrating Jonu Smith, which is one of our better young tight ends that we got in, in the in the offseason via free agency. And and a, he a slew of other guys that he named by name and admitted that he's having trouble integrating them into wow. the offense. And that makes me think, how many times have I been yelling about him this season? I've been yelling about him a lot this year. And it's if you the NFL adapts 
And if you as an offensive coordinator can't adapt with it, it makes me think that that uh, it makes me think that that if this is if McDaniel's has struggled like this all year, how many potential games could we have won if he if he knew what he was you know if he had mm-hmm. known better? I just I think there's a lot of games that prove that he's kind of lost his touch. And me and you had talked about it, and I had said something to you when we first kind of started this podcast that. Brady might have been Brady might have made his job a lot easier than it used to oh, be. Yeah. Now that he's got a rookie, he's actually got to work. You know, yeah. like he's actually got to do his job. He doesn't have a general on the field like Brady help, you know, helping him. Because they used to don't get it twisted. Brady and McDaniels used to work together to run that yes. off. You know? Absolutely. And now that you don't have a, a 12 or 15 year vet on the field to help you to help you diagnose a defense and develop kind of a plan of attack. It's all on you. The plan of attacking a defense falls a hundred percent on him now. And I think he's, I think he's fallen way short of that mark, dude. And it makes me think how many games could we have won if he was on his game? Well, I would just say that the only thing I would say to that is, I mean, you did say that the Patriots would win around 10 wins. And next week is a golden opportunity to win 10 games. So you're going to have these little bumps in the road and everything like that. I think that next week they're going to look at the film of this week and say, okay, here's what we need to do differently. And next week they're probably going to kick the crap out of Jacksonville. And I would imagine. And if they don't, that's a, that's actually a serious Jacksonville problem. Jacksonville is what every team on a bounce back needs. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it is. And if they look like crap, if the offense looks like crap, like Kevin Stewart described it, no spark, no creativity, and they lose to Jacksonville, yeah, then I think Josh McDaniel should be up for – I think Bill Belichick will even look at Josh McDaniel sideways like, what are, you, what are we doing here? Because yeah. Belichick has a high standard too. The difference between nine wins for the Patriots franchise and ten wins is tremendous. You can say, hey – I won 10 wins. Belichick could be like, I won 10 wins and I made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback without Tom Brady. Or you can win nine wins and miss, miss the playoffs, playoffs and look like and then look like an average team going into the next season. And th- that that is really that, <laughs> this Jacksonville game has no I, business. I put a tweet important. out earlier. <laughs> I put a tweet out earlier, and it said as as upset and and just emotional as I get as a fan, it's because I love the Pats. I love my yes. teams, dude. I really do. I'm an emotional fan. I'm Italian and a Virgo on top of it. So I wear my, <laughs> my heart on my sleeve, dude. Can't help it. All right. Wrong with that. But here's the thing. If a ten if if we lose both games and we end up ten and seven, or even eleven, let's say eleven wins. Oh if a ten plus you should be you should be cautiously optimistic sure. with a rookie quarterback a bunch of a bunch of new guys in the in the scheme right and you sure. win 10 plus games if that is your foundation stone of your rebuild 10 and 7's a pretty good start it's not too shabby it's not too bad and, and honestly even 9 wins because here's the thing, this, this team is only going to get better. 
They have to. They will. They have to. They're, they have a young offensive and defensive line. They have a young quarterback. They have young running backs. I, I don't see how they don't get better. I, I, I think it's obvious next year that they'll be better. Um, and if they're not better next year, then then that's something that you can address. But this year, even if they only won nine games, I think you can call the season a relative success. Yeah. No. So let's kind of let's. I just want to say something. Um. I just want to move it over on the defensive side of the ball real quick yeah. for the Pats. Right. There's. There are some glaring holes that that this game exposed. Um. Our linebacking core is the middle of the, the 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 middle of it is is old and slow, man. Mm-hmm. The high tower is just as as much respect as I have for the guy for as long as he's been a Patriot and the play that he made it against the Falcons in the Super Bowl to kind of seal that, you know, to really start that comeback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I have the utmost respect for that guy. I just don't think he can do it anymore. He's the speed of the game I think has overcome him. There was a couple of times where he was a, he was in prime position to make a tackle for a short gain and that that long touchdown run that long touchdown run against the uh, so it, even in the Colts game, going as far back as the Colts game, he was in he was in position in the Colts game to make tackles, and ju- you could just tell he's just too old and too slow. Like, they need help in the middle of the field. Um, the linebackers, just whether it's a run stuffer or or you know the coverage linebackers, the middle of the field for the Patriots is a clear weak point, and it it must be addressed. It must. It must. The Bills ate us up in the middle of the field. They did. They once they were able to get their running backs into the second level and get those, you know, they just ran those drag routes across the middle of the field. Right. And it killed them. It, it absolutely killed the Patriots' chances because they couldn't cover it. Hightower's strength, from what I could always see, was was his interior run stopping. And yeah. if he can't do that, and if he can't cover the middle of the field, then you're right. The game is passing him by. Um, I propose a trade, Danny Trevathan, for a second-round pick. Anyway, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but anyway, my, my point is that you guys you guys definitely do need some linebacking help, I think. Uh, maybe one more maybe one more cornerback. But, again, I, with, I always say with Belichick, I'm not too worried about the secondary. They, he'll usually figure that out within a year or so. Yeah, and that's – so that – yeah, that was – that was um, – the linebacking core was one of the things. And then – the the depth at cornerback really really got ex- because they don't usually have to go as deep as they they have you know with the cornerbacks now yeah but Jonathan Jones sense. is hurt which is like their nickel guy so they had to go with Miles Bryant and he this kid this kid McKenzie just ate him he was just he couldn't cover <laughs> him you know what I mean he could they right. dude, he, he had 120 yards receiving that he couldn't cover Damn. him they just kept throwing to him all game. And it, it like once they found that mismatch, and they couldn't, the Patriots literally couldn't do anything about it because they had no corner to, you know, to match to up run with to them, yeah, to to match up with them. They they physically couldn't couldn't do anything about it, and it, the Bills just exploited that all game. They made sure that that McKenzie kid, even when the Pats would switch and try and pass the kid off to other corner, he would they would always design plays so that McKenzie would end up 
even in a zone defense, he would end up having to be guarded even when they passed him off by Miles Bryant. <laughs> and that's just, that's just good coaching. You know, that's just sure. good. That's just good coaching. It was, it was just an all around bad game for them. They, they, they need a rebound. They need a rebound. The Pats have got to have got to come back and, and, and rebound from it. Um, I am not losing faith, faith on Mac Jones though. I, I, the kid has, there, there's, there's a lot of potential there. And I think Bill's going to, I think the kid is going to be fine. Um, he just, he just had a bad, he just had a bad game. And I mean, I know I was yelling that he's got to be a better leader and this and that. And I was, I was saying that he's got to get in guys faces, but it's just you as a rookie, it's just, we know how the NFL, you can, as a rookie, get in a five year vets face about dropping a ball or running a wrong route. You, you just can't, yeah. even though you probably know he ran the wrong route or, <laughs> or, or did the wrong thing as a rookie, you, you've, you physically just can't, just can't, because the guy's not going to listen to you. Right, he's not. They're not going to listen to you. They're going to be like, "All right, rookie. All right, all right, first year guy. Like you don't know that much." And, and as a as Patriots fans, you guys are so used to, especially. Here's the thing: seeing most quarterbacks all the time. Right, most quarterbacks don't even do what you just said. Oh, yell at my guy because he's getting his face and stuff. Most guys don't do that. Even the Hall of Famers don't. But Tom Brady did. Tom Brady did it every single time. If somebody ran the wrong route or messed up in any way, he did it the other week. He did, or he did it last week. Uh, they were up 30 points, and Tom Brady's just on the sideline, like <laughs> going on, guys just like screaming at people. And that's what the Patriots used to. For 20 years, that's what happened. For or for 18 years, that happened. So I, I definitely think that that's, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. Um, you guys are used to seeing that, and Mac Jones will eventually have to do that. Yeah, there's nothing saying that Mac Jones won't won't get to that level where he can pull a guy aside and be like, "Look, man, this is where I want you to run this route. The corner's covering you, covering you like this. This is where I want to run this route, and I'll stick it. You know, I'll throw it to you here, like you know, flat. You know, he can direct him, kind of be like, "Well, flatten this route out and do this and do that." You know, once he gets more. I want to. There's like a certain amount of respect that you have to earn to start being able to talk to guys on a certain level. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, there. I just like my father brought it up to me. He because I was sell, telling him I want Mac to don't. I want Mac Jones to do that, and he was a quarterback. And my father goes, he he goes, well, I I would have just told that dude to fuck off if a rookie took. You know what I mean? If some first year dude, yeah. talk, you know what I mean? Like the uh, later cattle dog. See you, buddy. See you later, man. Thanks for watching. But, but you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's like seen like because he 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 played a lot of football and he played a lot of you know he played his way up. To Interesting. College and he was like, you're not going to listen to like a walk on guy if you're you know no. if you're a senior and a, or a junior and a starter. You're just not going to full do scholarship. It. Yeah, you're not going to exactly. You're not gonna do There's that. levels to this. But you know what I mean? <laughs> he's like, you got to earn. He's got to. He has Jones has to earn his way up. Not saying that he won't ever do it, but you got to earn your way up that to be able to do that with guys. No and doubt. I do think he is well respected in the locker room. So I think he will at some point get on a level where he can talk to these guys. <laughs> so I need to kill the Dolphins for me. Yeah, man. We're working on it, OG. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Bill Belichick will give him the you know Bill Belichick's whispering in his ears, like, you need to take control of this team. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know that's happening. It's part of the idea. Next year, he could be a completely different guy. Look at Joe Burrow. That's, you know what? Joe Burrow is a really good example of what Mac Jones could be if could, he kind yeah, of maxes it. Could be. Yeah. Joe Burrow, his first year, first five games, he had a few flashes. Obviously, Joe Burrow is an excellent passer. I don't know if Mac Jones is an excellent passer. He's a good passer. Burrow's but Joe arm, Burrow. Burrow's arm strength is more. Has, he, Burrow has more arm strength than Jones. I'll fully admit that. His arm is stronger than him. He, He's better than most people. Burrow's going to be a top 10 guy in this league for a long time. Uh, and, but the first five games, I remember distinctly thinking, I don't know if this guy's going to work out. Like, he's getting smacked around. And then when he gets up, he's a little slow to get up. But this year, you know, it's his team. You know, he, he's taking ownership of it. And when he makes a mistake, he doesn't care because it's his team. Mac Jones probably doesn't feel that way quite yet. You know what I mean? But he could. Once he feels that way, Dan Brady's going to yell at people. I just – I think Jones's ceiling is is I have a lot of faith in the kid because every game the kid shows fight, even when they're down, even in this game, in the second quarter, in the second half, they came out and the kid showed fight. He was getting, you know, smacked around and had to had to had to the, the great quarterbacks are going to stand in the pocket. And when they know a blindside blitz is coming, they're going to take that hit to deliver an accurate football and make a for and get a yes. first down they'll take that hit they'll take that hit 10 out of 10 times to move the chains you know what i mean and they'll dust themselves up get right back up and do it again and jones has shown that that fight is there with him and that's that's what gives me a lot of confidence is the fight is there with him I, i'm with you 100 that's exactly what it is that's why I think Justin Fields has potential. That's why I think certain guys have potential because the they same thing with Fields too. He's he's a tough kid. He'll take the hits that he needs to take to deliver the football and make the first down. And, and that just it's it's dedication, dude. It's dedication to the team. Let's get the first down. If I gotta take a hit and to deliver you a football, I'll take the hit. Just catch That's the ball, leadership man. too, because leaders aren't scared of taking one for the team ever. Mm -hmm. That's part of the MO is being a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Stewart makes a good point too. He says Joe Burrow has more playmakers than Mac Jones does. It's a good point. Uh, when you when you talk about playmakers, the Patriots are not good. At, I mean, they have a couple of good tight ends, don't get me wrong. But the Patriots traditionally have not been good at surrounding their young quarterbacks with playmakers, whereas the Bengals, they always have playmakers. The Steelers always have playmakers. The Chiefs always have playmakers. So these things do matter. The Rams have playmakers. These things matter a lot, and that's something Belichick, obviously him and his scouts need to look in the mirror and say, dude, we need to get a guy. We need a guy over the top. So that that's definitely something. Like Who's, who's the best receiver over the top from your estimation? Besides, like, Hunter uh, Henry. Over-the-top guy has usually been Nelson Aguilar, but he's hurt. But Aguilar has never been, best, been, like – The best receiver this year, the best – the two the two guys who mm -hmm. have been who have been probably the go-to guys catching catching footballs are Hunter Myers. Henry and, and Kendrick Bourne. Bourne, okay. Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. This is not going to get it done. You're going to need a guy – like, look at uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is collapsing right now. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. Hop, his, when his when you gave one. him Hopkins, he's yeah. the best quarterback in the entire league. Mm -hmm. So it, those things really, really matter. So we'll see. I, it when you give a guy a number one guy, he automatically draws coverage away from everybody else. So there's mismatches. Mm -hmm. If you exactly. don't have a true number one on the field, you know you got to really search for those mismatches. Exactly. You, you have to, and, and it's hard for a rookie to do that. It's incredibly hard. Uh, Eric says it's very un-Belichick-like for our team to look sloppy the two weeks in a row. 
Yes. All That's the good mistakes. Point. All the mistakes are not we even the league. Even the league's not used to seeing the pat like they're the this is not Patriot football. Pat's football is you control the clock, long, slow, methodical drives down the field that end in touchdowns, not field goals, and you just run the clock out on people. That's that's yes. how they've won. You, you control the time of possession, you move the chains, you keep the clock moving. That's how they've always rolled. And you do that by playing clean football. And when you don't play clean football, it's a huge issue because you're always going backwards. Well, how much of that is Tom Brady? And I know we always go back to Tom Brady. How much is that of that is Tom Brady? Tom Brady, look at the Buccaneers. They were the most undisciplined team in the world. Enter Tom Brady. Now they are the most, the, one of the most disciplined teams in the world. One of the most efficient, too. That guy is a game changer. So th- it's going to take years, in my opinion. And you guys may not want to hear this, Patriots fans, but it might take you five years to get to that point again. I, I said, what? remember me and you were talking, and I said, I said this is a potential probably five-year rebuild to get back to, like, Super Bowl quality. It's possible. Super- to get back to a, a consistent, you know, 12-win, 13-win Super Bowl-caliber team. I said five years to get to that point. 10-7, and seven, if we don't win again, if we don't, if we only win, win, if we only win one other game this year, 10-7, and seven, to me, is a decent foundation block to work with. But well, here's the thing. If you in, you could do 10, it. 10 games this season, that means I got to see 12 next year, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're setting your own bar. It's a slow build and improvement. That's two games better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know 100%. I I, I definitely – they have to figure out something the next few games. And if they sneak into the playoffs, you never know what could happen. You absolutely Mm -hmm. never know. You could make it to the Super Bowl this year, but you have to sneak into the playoffs first. Do I think the Patriots will make it to the Super Bowl? Probably not. I think that Mac Jones will probably be their downfall, but we can't—we just can't be too hard on it. And I know the Patriots are so used to success. If the Pats make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback in its first in its first year, I'll be pretty happy. That's you got to take your wins. You know what I mean as they come. I feel like already nine wins for Mac Jones already—that's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not as good as you know you want sometimes, but it, it is what it is. Is what it is. I, I think that that they're that they're coming. I think the Patriots are coming for sure. Yeah, no, they need some more pieces, dude. They're they're absolutely the the, the potential and the build. It's it's a re, it's a build. They're building back to what they're building back to what they used to be, you know. And they like need I a said, new receiver. As as I'm Italian, I'm a Virgo, I'm and I and I'm from Massachusetts. So if I get a little angry and a little <laughs> and a little animated. I'm sorry. It's kind of the region in my my DNA. You want them to but win every game. There is I this, get it. But I love this team, and I know the potential is there for them to be really, really, really good again. I think so, too. I think so, too. Even this year, they could bounce back this next game and win the next two games and go into the playoffs feeling really strong about what they do. So the season's not even over, let alone – the franchise the franchise is just beginning this is the this is the starting point for you guys this is a starting point for the mac jones era if nine wins is the starting point come on that's so that's too let's easy just let's end it on this right so let's end it on this I, i'm gonna i, I want to know i'm gonna say I, i'm gonna 
kind of give you like a final thought, and then I, I want to know what well, I want to know your opinion on it. So there is a blueprint to beat the Patriots this year. There's a blueprint to beat them. And Buffalo, Buffalo showed you what it is. <laughs> Seriously. The, Force Mac to throw. I'm dead serious. The Bills, the Bills showed you um the Bills showed you what you need to do to beat the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. You put the game it fully. I mean, stuff the run complete, like slow the run down to a point where they have to throw the football, right? The Pats got down early in this game and they had to throw, right? Mm-hmm. So 100%. you slow the run down enough to where they have, you put the game in Mac Jones hands, Right. Mm-hmm. You pressure the kid. You pressure the kid, and you and you take an early lead. That's how you beat the Pats. You get up ten. You put the game in Mac Jones's hands because Bill and Josh are are very very. They don't want to put the kid in positions to to shake his confidence, and no. by getting a lead early, getting a lead early, and taking the run game away from him. You make them extremely uncomfortable, and that's how you beat them. But guess what? There's only been how many teams this year that have been able to do it? Six, right? <laughs> yeah. Not a lot I, of team, or not a lot of teams have been able to do that to them. So it's like they're still they're still very very capable of winning games. I think a few times you, they did put the the game in, in Mac Jones's hand, and he and he handed it okay. It's just sometimes. Well, and also in the snow. Who knows how good he, how many times he's played in the snow? That's that's definitely that throws you curveball. Uh, and, and with this division opponent, who by the way is an excellent team on their own right, uh, it just it that's what happens. Hey, the coach plays. Good to see you. Hey, Rick, Jay. Hey, coach. Coach, good to see man. you, buddy. Good to Cheers. see you, my dude. Cheers, Phil. Cheers, Jay. Coach. Yes, sir. No oh, of problem, course. Problem, coach. But that, but so that's the blueprint. On how you beat them. You put the mm-hmm. game in Mac Jones's hands early on. And you get an early lead. And you force the kid to have to play from behind early. Because that means he's out of his comfort zone early in the game. Yeah, but exactly. Not a you lot of push teams can around. do that to the Pats, right? Not a lot of teams can play disciplined football enough to do that to them. I, I Yeah, I 100% agree. They, 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 they want to make you play... Uh, if you if you put the ball in Mac's hands, you have the best chance. Uh, you have to hope that your receivers, just like the Bills, the Bills are a really good example of this. Their receivers are a little bit better than the Patriots' secondary, the young secondary, very young secondary, by the mm-hmm. way. So it's expected. Uh, the young guys, you got a young quarterback, you got young uh, secondary. And here's the thing. You split the series with these guys. So you split the series with these guys, one and one, and next year, that these guys are becoming serious rivals. That's the thing because the first game they ran down their the throat. AFC Second East, game you stopped them. The AFC East is interesting again. It's interesting. Oh, again. it's so interesting. Yeah, I love to see it too. Late game, yeah, late in the year, snow, Buffalo. Oh man, that's 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 real. That's real northeastern football right there. <laughs> well, it's yeah. my dude. Let's be honest, right? Miami, Miami, and Buffalo have caught up to the Pats. They have so far. We can you know, say it. Good coaches it, 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 makes a big difference. It's interesting again. This this division 
is a is once again a three team division. Absolutely, and I would say they're a better division than my North for sure because they got guys that they have a lot of potential. That's 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 the key word for the AFC East. There's a lot of potential next year. That's going to be really exciting. But I mean, who knows? Like I said, this year is not even over for the Patriots. Patriots fans can still. You guys, you guys got a lottery ticket still. Now my team, ours is burnt up. So coach, coach says if the Bills had done that in game one, I wouldn't have had to take that pie to the face. <laughs> oh man, dude, that is sorry, sorry, coach. <laughs> hey, them's the ropes, man. Them's the ropes. <laughs> but but that's but that that so just in closing, like that is the 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 recipe to beating the Patriots, though, and it it's it's not easy. But if you can do it, you can beat them. You get or, you get up early in the game and you force the kid out of his comfort zone early. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's I think that's that is the only way you're going to be the Patriots. <laughs> They're too buckled down most of the time. Appreciate that, Duke. Thanks a lot, buddy. So let's switch. Let's uh let's let's change it up here, JD. Uh, let's change up sports a little bit. We're gonna go back, uh, get back on the pike and head towards uh, the Windy City again. And uh, let's talk to Chicago Bulls, who are on a freaking roll right now, twenty-one and ten, and rolling. Um, they they scored one hundred thirty points last night <laughs> without Lonzo Ball. Without, without Lonzo Ball. Without Lonzo Ball. Um, it's so. My first question to you is: Is Lonzo the unsung hero of that team? He had. I think yeah, because because. Lonzo, just like his dad said, I told you so. He he he, <laughs> he changes the culture. He does. He changes the culture. So even without him, we're still pass happy. We're still oh, who's open? Who's open? Who's open? So and that that's that's just exactly what you want. That's exactly what you want. You want guys to to constantly be defeating each other and everything. Yeah, uh, Jared, no Lonzo ball. He's got COVID, uh, but it, it's just. You want people to feed each other and everything, and and you got Demar Rosen's constantly, constantly getting uh, his. He's having the season of his life. These, these rule changes, he's just like, all right, bringing back old school basketball. Levine and him play so we well together. About, how many times have we talked about his like career resurgence in Chicago? It's amazing. It's amazing because he was always inconsistent. He's always inconsistent with it. When he was at the Raptors, he was inconsistent, and then he went to the Spurs, and he was almost inept. Like he just did not fit into that system. Comes to the Bulls, and the system runs through him. It's, it's it's so natural too. Levine loves having a guy in the mid range to take pressure off of him. It's it's just too easy. And I honestly, I would have never thought of this. Like this is some serious AK stuff. Like us, our our tertiaris carnosibus. Like who would get? Okay, if I would ask you in two thousand twenty, hey, you know who'd be really good together? If I would have told you this, you know who'd be really good together. DeMar DeRozan of the Spurs and Zach Levine. They'd be really good together. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. They're both like ball-happy scorers. But they are. They're really good together. They are just like, here, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you well, take that's it. because they got a guy like Lonzo just feeding them all game. Ooh, Rick makes a good point. He needed a, an effective big center like Vucevic. That's a good point, too. And then you got Lonzo. When, oh, when Lonzo's on the floor, everyone's getting theirs. When Lonzo's on the floor, everyone gets an easy shot. It's beautiful. Hey, for the Love season? For the season. 
when Lonzo Ball is on the court, do you know what he is for the season plus minus? No, no what's that? Plus 19. I mean, I know he was good on defense. Oh, he embarrassed Harden the other night. Did you see that? Plus 19 <laughs> for the season with Lonzo Ball. He's a big guy. He can play amazing defense, and he's incredibly Dude, efficient. unheard of. It is. It, it's, it's, he's one of the best guards in the league, and people don't want to talk about it. But it is what it is. He's like a mix between Malcolm Brogdon and Chris Paul. It really is. It's, he it's reminds crazy. reminds me a lot of what Rondo was to the Celtics mm, in 08. Rondo. Just the guy, the guy who dis- like the court vision who just distributes to everybody. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the court vision is through the roof with Lonzo. It's like ninety nine out of hundred. And then you got Demar, who's a mid range ninety nine out of hundred. And then you got Levine, who can shoot threes and drive to the basket. He's a he's a he's a what do you call it? Uh, analytics nightmare for other teams like Levine is. So man, we got we got a little bit of everything in Chicago, and we love to see it. Love to see it. It's so beautiful. And I don't think they're going away, man. The, uh, I think this team's here to stay. And me and you have talked about this at nauseum. Like, the reason – one of the main reasons why I think Chicago is so good is because none of those guys care who gets the basketball and who no. takes the shot. The unselfishness of that team is what's winning them games. Yeah, it's and you love to see it. And that's that, yeah, it goes back to the DeMar and Zach Levine thing. It's like these guys traditionally just take the ball, but when they're together, they want each other to succeed. And, and when everybody wants everyone to succeed, then everybody wants the team to succeed. And then you've built a culture of success. Then you can keep feeding off of that. Um, and you know what the Bulls really need? And, and, I, and I don't want to say that, I mean, they could compete this year. Theoretically, they could compete, but we just need one superstar. One. You give us anybody, any star, any superstar, like even if Jimmy Butler came back. If you give us even a guy like Jimmy Butler. Butler? It's think over. about Butler on a team like this with chemistry like this. It'd be a wrap. It'd be a wrap. You put him at the three or at, even at the two, and then you kind of move around. Like, Oh, God. It'd be disgusting. Uh, I think that Butler, he'd be a bad uh, – well, he wouldn't be a bad example, but because he makes so much money, he's kind of old. He'd be a, uh, but a guy like that. Even John Morant. But – I don't know, man, because Lonzo is so good. It's really hard to say. Devin Booker would be perfect. You guys need like a star, number, a star three. If you had a star three, it'd be a wrap. There's a lot of things you could do with this roster, and and I really think that if you keep DeRozan and you keep Levine together, then you'll at least win a lot of games. And then if you keep Lonzo intact, then you'll have a good culture. So it's, it's really exciting to see the Bulls. Uh, there's a lot of growth also. To be had. So this is this is just the beginning. Just like the Patriots, this is just the beginning. Can't hey. So here's a can can they do it? Can they come out of the East? Can they do it? Can they can they beat can they beat the Bucks and come out of the East? <laughs> I love that. I would love. I don't think they can though. I I, I don't think they can. In a who's gonna match series, up? You don't think they could do it? Who's gonna match up with him? Who's gonna match up with Giannis? Who's gonna match up with Trey Young? I mean, okay, Lon, you know what? I would love I would love to see Lonzo versus Trey Young in a playoff series. That would the, be the, entertaining. The Hawks, and, the Hawks and Bulls. Whew, that'd be entertaining. That'd be incredibly entertaining. Um, if we see the Knicks, we're winning that one. If we see the Sixers, I like our chances. If we see the uh, Raptors, I like our chances. If we see the Hornets, I like our chances. If we see 
a lot of guys that like our chances. If we see the Bucks, if we see the Hawks, I mean, let's be honest, right? The hmm. the the Bucks who are, are they going to probably in the end going to be the team that you guys are going to have to overcome to come out of the East? Yeah, that I would imagine. Honestly, though, right now looking at it, a Bucks and Bulls series for seven would be really entertaining. Oh, I'd love to see that. You got the Bulls pass passing all over the place, and then you got the Bucks who are clearly the best team in the NBA. I think it's hard. I know they just won, you know, and sometimes you get hangovers. But, I mean, you got Drew Holiday, one of the top five two-way players in the league. You got Chris Middleton, a really good two-way player who can shoot threes. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the greatest players in the entire world. You got DeMarcus Cousins and Bobby Portis off the bench. You got Robin Lopez, a top-ten center. I mean, this team is completely stacked. So, like, the Bulls – now, the Bulls have some depth. They have, like, six, seven guys that they can throw at you. So – I think that maybe the Bulls could give the Bucks, besides the Hawks. Well, the Hawks kind of got shut down after a while. I don't know. The Bulls could give somebody a run for their money, though. I I, I could Dude, see that. You're you're going into the second round at least. I think so too. I think the at Bulls least the yeah. second round. I I would agree with that. Anybody you play in in round one is going to get stomped. Is going to get a mud hole stomped in them. You'll you'll <laughs> overpower. Just well, just pure talent. You'll overpower yeah. them. Pure talent. Seriously. I think so too. I think so too. And I think that Levine is so hungry. He's never tasted the playoffs. I think that will definitely, uh, Lonzo ball is hungry. He's never I mean, tasted the playoffs. Think about that for the city of Chicago too. what that would mean with a chance to go to the Eastern conference finals on the line. Cause let's Last be honest, time. dude, Chicago's a Chicago's a basketball and football town. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially a football town, but, but basketball, they love their basketball. And when basketball is good, City is buzzing, and actually, yeah. you you could argue definitely they're they're a basketball town because the United Center has been sold out since two thousand, since the or since like ninety eight. It's been sold out every single game. So uh, you see all that red in home games, dude. You yeah, see, all, the, uh, I'm telling you, man, that would be that would be, and a Bucks and a, a Bucks and Bulls, a Bucks and Bulls Eastern Conference Finals would be extremely entertaining. When the Celtics are good. The NBA is good. When the Bulls are good, the NBA is good. When the Knicks are good, the NBA is interesting. I don't know if it's good. But I love our chances against the Knicks, too. I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree, Rick. Round, you're going to beat any first-round team you play. Any first-round team you play, you're you're getting into at least the second round. I think so, too. So now let's – I mean, I kind of want to talk basketball, but the Celtics, I, I would rather shit in my hand and clap than, <laughs> than watch a Celtic game. Oh my god! Like I kind of want to want to talk the Celtics, but they make like I would rather take a dump in my hand and clap than watch a Celtic game. <laughs> um, oh my god, they're a mess, a hot mess, and we'll get into them in a little segment I like to call, or we like to call, "We Told You So." That's at the oh, yeah. end of the show, but we'll get into them a little later. Absolutely. Um. So let's – I have a couple of random – just kind of random sports questions I want to run by you. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then we'll end the show with a little segment we like to call We Told You So. Because <laughs> me and JD got some things that we need to say we told you so about, and we were right. Or ahead <laughs> of the call on them. Yeah, I got, I got two. Got <laughs> All right, so JD, 
Brady. Tom Thomas Edward Brady has been in this league 21 seasons, right? It's ridiculous. He, he's been in this league 21 seasons. And he's won 18 division titles. <laughs> Does not sound real. Let, let that sink in for a second, uh, ladies and gents. Thomas My Brady God. has been in this league for 21 seasons. And he has won 18 division titles. God. Not to mention numerous uh, uh, he owns almost every quarterback record you can have, right? It should, yeah, it should be will, noted. So, my question to you, JD, mm-hmm. will we ever see another quarterback? So, seven Super Bowls, 18 division titles, <laughs> and he's been to 10 <laughs> Super Bowls. Ten. He's won seven and been to 10. <laughs> so so letting all of that sink in will we ever see another quarterback like will we ever see another player as dominant at the craft as him I don't think so I really don't think so um what Brady did is beyond special I don't know if it can be replicated maybe if you know, people follow the, the TB12 method and it works out for them like it worked out for Brady uh, and they end up playing until they're 50. Maybe we can see that. I, I don't see it in my lifetime, though. I don't know if in my lifetime we will see that again. It's it's truly a, a spectacular feat. Uh, and, and it should be noted to make that stat that he just read off a little bit more ridiculous, the 18 thing, 18 out of 20, the two years that he didn't win the division title – the one year that he didn't win the Super or excuse me, one okay, he won 18. One of those years, he, he lost the division title, made the wild card, and won the Super Bowl against yep. the Rams. And the other year, he tore his ACL. <laughs> and the other year, well, uh, I don't know if I'm counting that year, but one of the years it said that he led the league in touchdowns. The, oh, no, the year that right. he, did, he did, yeah. So, he, yeah, he led the league in touchdown passes that year. Yeah, that's insane. So every year he's been consistently great. I think anyone that argues, and yeah, I see it a three, lot. Right, that's the three. Twenty-one. Yeah. That's the three. Right, twenty-one and eight. That's the three. The yeah. twenty-one and eighteen. So one year he missed Tore his that. ACL. He missed yeah. that right and won the Super Bowl. Then the other year he he led the league in touchdown passes, and the final year he tore his ACL and didn't play. Yes, exactly. So it's it's absolutely. I don't think, yeah, it, it says it's as mind-blowing as Gretzky's. I, I think it's even, it might be even more mind-blowing than Gretzky's when you look at everything. When you, when, and when you compare, when you compare Brady to other players, it starts getting a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. It starts getting a little insane. Brady's like, dominance is like Wayne Gretzky's dominance of hockey. Like it, it is like on, it, like, cause nobody's going to touch Gretzky's goal. Like it, it, some of Gretzky's, scoring records will never be touched ever like it's going to be impossible the guy was a god among men it's it's so true and and i think that brady especially um brady is like man anyone who argues brady is not the goat anyone who argues that brady is 
is not the greatest player of all time. You have to look at it like this too. Look at other sports. Uh, like Michael Jordan has six rings, but a bunch of guys have five. Like a whole bunch of guys have five. Nobody is even in Brady's like rear view. Brady slapped everybody. Like he's <laughs> laughing people. The only one who hasn't lapped is uh is uh, Joe Montana. It's the only guy he hasn't lapped. He's lapped everybody else. Most guys they call them legends with two rings and two Super Bowl appearances or three. They call them legends. These are legendary guys. Brady has ten, and he's won seven. So that I just I don't think it'll ever be matched the level of success, even if somebody does get seven and Super the potential- Bowl rings. Let, let, let's let this think into the potential for him to win eight is there this year. He Absolutely. could potentially win an eighth Super Bowl this year. And if he did, I mean, there's nothing more to prove. In my opinion, he's he's the greatest, if not the top three greatest uh, American athletes of all time. It's just it's there's no one else that you could put above Brady, not even Michael Jordan, in my opinion. And if he wins, if he wins this year, he's just he's left Joe Montana. So Joe Montana was widely regarded as the greatest of all time for about 25, 30 years. All of a sudden, Brady comes in and doubles his total. That's I'd be like if somebody gets twelve rings right now in let, NBA. Let this sink in, JD. Right on. So Brady was with the Patriots for twenty seasons. Let this sink in. You know what that means, right? That means on average, the Patriots were making the Super Bowl. Every other year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten Every Super Bowls. Yeah. Other year they would make the Super Bowl. They might not win it, but they would get there. Think about that for That's a insane. second. For 20 seasons, they did this. It's 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 basically what LeBron James did in the NBA times two. Times they, two. They here's a ridiculous stat for you, JD. They won the division. 11 years in a row. That's insane. It's insane. And maybe they might win it again. So it'd be like, th- it'd be like 11 out of 13. They won or whatever. the division 11 years in a row in one stretch. That's insane. And the only time they didn't was when, remember he broke his, he tore his ACL. That's why that's when they didn't. Pretty sure that was like the, that ended the streak. And yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely unprecedented. I don't think it'll ever be. I don't. Yeah. To answer your question. No, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. We are. Somebody posed me a very good question, and I want to just because I asked them this same question, and then they kind of followed up with another one. And the question was, what are we more likely to see first? Another Bill Belichick type coach or another Tom Brady type player? A Belichick type coach. Uh, because a Tom Brady-like player would have to stay as healthy as Tom Brady did. He's at, he'd have to master the game as much as Tom Brady did. He'd have to uh, he'd have to just he, he'd have to perform uh, the way Tom Brady did. And and that's I think that's more rare than a coach who can who can develop uh, a really good scheme. In fact, I think there's a lot of coaches like that. I don't think I think that Belichick needed Brady more than I still believe this. I think if Belichick needed Brady more than Brady needed Belichick, I do think it was close. I don't think it was easy. You know what I mean? I think it was you're splitting hairs here, but I do believe that to this day. At least my what do you think? 
I think if there was no Bill, there would be no Brady because Belichick developed. Belichick. That's true. Belichick helped Brady become Brady, and then once Brady became like the Sith Lord, he the just Sith Lord. he just just took his talent. You know what I mean? Once he once he turned into like the Sith Lord, do it. And was just running this. You know what I mean? <laughs> but without without Bill, there is there would there, I don't think I don't That's think there point. would be because Bill knew exactly how to coach and how to push and how to get every ounce of excellence out of Tom Brady. No other coach would have been able to do with Tom Brady what Bill did, and that's get every drop of effort and concentration and excellence out of him. And I think Brady and I think Brady deep down inside knows that if Bill did not push him the way he did for probably the first 8 years probably the first 8 years of his career, if Bill did not push him, those the way he did those first eight years, there we wouldn't see him be as good as he was. You know who also helped Brady become the monster that he is? And he doesn't get enough credit. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning helped him become a monster because there was something in the Man of the Arena interesting that Brady said about Peyton Manning. He said, oh, I saw the way. He said, he's like, I saw the way that he just controlled that offense and how he – he just told everyone where to be, and he want, he he knew every play before you knew it. He knew your defense's play, and Brady said, "I wanted to be like that." So he studied his ass off. He's obsessed with film. He wants to be just like Peyton Manning, and he ended up being way better than Peyton Manning. So it's it, and it's crazy. It really is. Yeah, but I agree. Belichick did get did get every every drop out of uh, out of Brady, and I think that he he definitely. He definitely made Brady because Brady, when he first came in the league, his mechanics were off. He wasn't as uh, as good, you know, down the field. He wasn't as good pre-snap. But Belichick kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and eventually Brady became that guy. And now he's a monster that can't be stopped. So you're right, Belichick probably deserves more credit. I just think that Belichick was also lucky to have a guy like Brady. The mentality, the buy-in, the leadership, oh, everything. So. No, absolutely. And I think and Bill has acknowledged that too. He's fully said I was I was incredibly lucky to be able to coach a guy like Tom early on in his career that was willing to just have me have me push him the way I did. Right. You know? Yeah, and not a lot of guys would just sit there and take that. And Tom just literally just sat there like a sponge and just absorbed all that knowledge. And without I fully believe without Bill's help in the first eight years, there would be no Brady would not be as successful. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's got to be true. So let's move it on. Let's talk about Brady's arch nemesis now in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, who is arch nemesis, fat, yeah. like, dude, he's he's putting himself in the run for for the M- MVP talk because he's he's dude, he's let let's be this year he's he's playing good, man. He's playing real good. You could tell something is driving him this year. Something is driving. <laughs> I think he knows that this is this is the closest he's been to getting to the big game in a long time. I think he knows he knows there's only one team standing in his way and it's his buddy Tom Brady's Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think you're right. Uh I, I think yeah, he he smells blood in the water as they say. <laughs> and uh he wants to take advantage. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers now. So I have two questions for you. Well, one is kind of like a statement that I want to get your opinion on. And then the other is, is 
um, is a question, is a legitimate question that I'm curious to know what you think. So the Packers have one of the top, one of the softest schedules this year. And they're up to, I believe, 12 wins now. I believe they're up to 12. I think they are 12 and 3 sitting now. They've clinched their division. They have won their division. Um, yes. 12 and 3. So they are 12 and 3. I thought they were with that win. I was just wanted to make sure with that win that they had, they were 12. So they're 12 and three. They have won their division. Aaron Rodgers is playing once again in an extremely high level. Um, so even with the soft schedule and having those 12 wins, um, my first question to you would be, are they a legitimate threat or are they a phony team? To me, the reason why they look like a phony team is because much like last year, they have small margin of victories. They, they don't bury teams. Obviously they have Aaron Rodgers, So they're going to, they're going to come out with more victories than a lot of, than a lot of teams, but they're not burying teams. Their defense is actually underperforming now. Whereas early in the season, it looked like a top 10 defense. And we all know Aaron Rodgers. the last time that Aaron Rodgers had a, well, I think it was number eight defense. He won the super bowl. Um, and, he hasn't had a top 10 defense for a long time because the Packers don't do that very well. <laughs> they just haven't, they haven't been able to, to get a good defense going. No, it's uh, been their Achilles heel for years. Yeah. Just inconsistent defenses. Like they'll have a really good game, one game, and then they'll have a terrible five game stretch. They're right now they're 15th overall in the ranking um, for uh, just overall rankings for defenses and stuff like that. And uh, they're relying again, just like last year, just like every other year before, they're relying heavily on Aaron Rodgers' arm, his golden arm, to carry them to the play through the playoffs. Will it happen? I don't know. Uh, they do look suspect, uh, as Kevin Stewart, as Kevin Stewart said, they do look uh, very suspect. I think it was Baker through. I don't even know how many. He had a couple turnovers, and they still were within a couple. They're in like they should have buried the Browns. They should have buried the Bears. They should have buried the Lions. They should have buried. All, JD, they're winning. I, I get that. I, I understand that they're winning. I totally understand. But when you look at the history of the Packers, it always seems like they dominate the regular season. And then because of this inconsistent defense, because of Rodgers is um, lock, he locks into one, one receiver like Adams or Nelson, you take him away in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, He's not as effective. Ross, shout out to Ross. Bill Russell, 11 rings. Uh, Bill Belichick and Brady needed each other. No question. Def- Ross, I, I fully believe true. it. They, they, without Brady, without, without Belichick pushing Brady, there would be no Sith Lord Tom. There would be no, Tom would not be Darth Vader. There would be no, there, you know, it, Bill and Tom absolutely fed off each other their whole time in here, and they they owe their careers to one another, and they always will. 100%. I think that Bill was always a good coach. I think that he was a good coach when he had Lawrence Taylor in the 90s. He was a good coach when he went to the Browns, and and they kind of gave up on him. He was a good coach when he went to the Jets, and, and he decided to leave, and he was a good coach when he drafted Tom Brady and kept him on for this, what was it, the fourth quarterback on the roster? It's yep. unheard of. Unheard of. It doesn't happen. It's very unheard of. He wasn't even the scout team guy. He wanted to see if Brady would shine later in the season, and look what happened. So that intuition is special. No one can take that away from Belichick, and I think that Tom 
has given Belichick a ton of credit over the years for all the things he's done. That's why you don't hear Tom really talking crap about New England. Yeah, you don't hear him talking crap. But he's he never said anything bad about it. He knows it. how important Bill was to him. He wanted more of a say. He wanted more power, which I totally understand. That after twenty years of being the best in your at what you do, saying, "Hey, you, you can't tell me what to do anymore." I'm sorry. I, I totally understand that. So Brady wanted to move on, and if Brady wins two titles, then I mean, without Belichick, I mean, God, good lord. I just <laughs> I know we might have to rethink that take. You should call it the Tom Brady trophy at this point, or the Bill Belichick trophy. I mean, good lord, it's just yeah, I, uh, I don't know. All right, man. so my next question, part of the Packers question would be, you know, so the first one was, are they a, so are they a fraudulent team? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes, they are. Because of the week schedule, right? And the in the way that they collapse. The point the differential. Season. Yeah, well, the point is differential. Yeah, the, the way the way that they're so reliant on Devontae Adams being good and Aaron Rodgers making ridiculous throws. Yeah, I think I think they're they they could be they have fraud written on their head. I think they have fraud written in their face. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a Bears fan, but I think they're fraud. And I think that Rodgers is going to be gone, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Rest in peace, John Madden. What? No way. Don't scare me. Yeah, I, would, I just had to look. Holy, no, that's it's all. Oh. No! Yep, it's true. Rest in peace, John Madden. Oh. That has been confirmed. It's too bad. NFL oh. legend John Madden dead at 85. During the I-90 podcast, man. Confirmed at, confer, it was Confirmed at 4.11 p.m. this afternoon. What a legend. I mean, can we – man, you want to take five minutes and talk about him for a second? So let's – yeah, let's switch direction here for a little bit since we just kind of found that out, right? Yeah. Wow. Talk about a legendary – a legendary coach that changed the way – you know, that changed the way, you know, the league was – the. The guy left his mark not only as a coach but as a, a broadcaster as well. Like he he transitioned into the booth and it was like he never, you know, never missed a step. But yeah, like that's that's yeah. R.I.P. John Madden. Let's let's uh wow. let's talk about that for a sec. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's it, a sad that's a sad situation. I mean, he's eighty five, so you know, it's it it he's in a better place now. It's. It's, I'm glad he's not suffering or anything because, you know, the older you get, the more likely you are to suffer from certain things. And, it, you know, but it's still it doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are. It's always sad to lose someone uh, such a legendary figure in American culture. It's such Americana. Uh, he, he is he was the face of football for 30 years, at least. Like, I mean, he, people looked at him like, OK, he's the best. Everybody coach. knew who he was. Everybody knew who he was when I was a kid. Man, oh, John Madden was everything. Like you, Sunday Night Football, and honestly, no disrespect to Chris Collinsworth, but he couldn't replace John Madden, and he never has. Nobody's replaced John Madden since he retired. Since John Madden retired, the NFL play-by-play -play has always been. I'd say the only one close is my friend Bobby here, but I'm saying that it's just not. It's just not a. It's it's for real. It's 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 seriously not. Uh, someone you can replace. So rest in peace, John Madden. Such a huge the NFL figure. just released a statement too. So oh, they're yeah. literally, yeah. The NFL just released a statement. Yep. What does it say? Or do you want to read that? Or you want me? You want to read it? You want if you want it? to. 
if you want to. All right, this is from the NFL NFL's official page here, guys. NFL announces the passing of John Madden. Earlier today, we received the sad news that the great John Madden uh, died unexpectedly unexpectedly this morning. He was 85. On behalf of the entire NFL family, we extend our condolences to Virginia, Mike, Joe, and their families, said NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. We all we all know him as the Hall of Fame coach of the Oakland Raiders and broadcaster who worked for every major network. But more than anything, he was a devoted husband, father and grandfather. Nobody loved football more than that more than coach. He was football. He was an incredible sounding he was incredible he was. sounding sounding board to me and so many others. There will never be another John Madden and we will forever be indebted to him for all he did to make football in the NFL what it was today. Wow. Couldn't have said it better myself. Goodell. That is wow. Yeah. That's, that, that's that a hurts, good, that, see, that's probably the first good thing Roger Goodell's done in a long time. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's that so hits true. it right on the head, man. Couldn't have said it. It's yeah, he, he impacted an entire, he impacted about three generations of football fans. I mean, it made it as popular as it is today. I think Dude, that we grew up with him, listening credit. to him. We grew up listening to him on <laughs> boom. Yeah. Dude, Monday <laughs> night football and all the, Oh, it was what a, what a tragedy that was. Remember the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, he kind of like would draw on the screen. He was so, he was, he loved doing that. He's like, Oh, this oh he would right draw here. on the, on yeah. the on, yeah. On the, on I love the board. That. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have, I have a lot of fond memories of him. Eric says that, th- Oh, the Thanksgiving day games too. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. So good. But RIP John Madden. I mean, that guy was the pillar of, of excellence when it comes to just, he would talk about like championing the game. You know what I mean? Like, he would, he would encourage kids to play, get involved in it. You know what I mean? Like, like he was he was bigger than football. He, he was, was bigger, bigger than football. He was bigger than the game. People that didn't even watch football knew who John Madden was. Man, rest in peace, John Madden. That's all I could say. Man, rest in peace. That that is what a what a guy he was. What a guy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But that's incredibly <sighs> sad news, man. But R.I.P. to John Madden. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, guys. Much, much. Yeah, thank you. As always, we have the best fans on The best ones. The best ones. And it just goes to show you, you know, life is precious. Enjoy every moment of it. Enjoy every moment of it. Absolutely. Carpe diem, right? Yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hell yeah, carpe diem. You never know, man. You never know. You never know. It's got to roll with the punches. All right. But so I have another one for you. We're gonna let's go. Um, we're gonna stick with football on this one. Let's this is kind of the last rapid fire question, and then we're gonna end this show with a little segment called "We Told You So" because we told we you, told you so. so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the question I, I asked you with the Packers, I'm gonna ask you the same question with the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, are the Karam, Dallas where you at? Cowboys, are they contenders or 
pretenders. Every other year that I've ever watched the Cowboys, I would say pretenders. Every single other year, because I, I was too young for the whole the whole you know Emmett Smith era and all that. I, I didn't start watching football until like '99. So for me, uh, the Cowboys. This is the year. Actually, the only other year I can think of was when they had Marion Barber and uh, was it Murray or something, and then they had Romo. Yeah, Demarco Demarco Murray and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that year uh, they could have done it. Um, but I think this year is about if you if you're the Cowboys if you're a Cowboys fan, you could finally say this might be our year. This could really be our year because here's here's the thing that the Cowboys have that most teams, maybe all teams except for like the Rams and the Bucks, do not have. They have tons of over-the-top talent. They have like three receivers you can throw over the top. They have two running backs that will run for 100 yards each. And they have a quarterback that is completely unselfish. Does He's just going to run the play. He's very mechanical, very methodical. So this is a team that really could put it all together and, and win it all. It's, it's, it's possible. They have a they have good offensive coordinator. They have Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. Remember, he was the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom. Guy. Yeah. He was the he was the defensive coordinator when the Falcons obviously you know went to the Super Bowl and got destroyed by Tom Brady, but he was still <laughs> hey they were there were they not there so they were there <laughs> anyway so Karam all right yeah good Karam's here I'm gonna say it man the Cowboys have as good a chance as anybody man they, they do they have as good a chance as the Bucks the Chiefs the yeah the three the three teams to me and it's literally 33 percent on each of these teams to mm-hmm. to come out of the the you know to come out of the NFC it's the bucks the Cowboys and the Packers and it's any yeah. it's anybody's game it's literally anyone's game other those three it wouldn't surprise me this year this year if you know if we see a sh- the, the Cowboys um the Cowboys' weakest link is Mike McCarthy. That is the weakest link. The talent is not the weakest link. It's well, Mike I, McCarthy. Yeah. He he is the weak link. I don't and I don't see him messing up that much. You know what I mean? Like I don't see him screwing this up. You know what I mean? He's kind of just like the face, the experienced kind of face of the team. Uh, whereas the coordinators are really the strength of the team, like the. Uh, Darn it, isn't it? Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, they're the real, you know, they're the ones rallying the troops, as it were. And Dak Prescott's the one rallying the troops. Mike McCarthy is kind of like the head guy where, hey, this is cool with you, right? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, he's the guy who's won the Super Bowl before. So that's why he's there, I think. But in, But. in, in, in Mike McCarthy's defense, worse coaches have won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he's already won. I don't, and he. If people say he's a bad coach, Aaron Rodgers my, made fun my of him. biggest question would be, can Dak Prescott overthrow one of two legends? Because don't get it twisted. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is a freaking legend of like, he's been in this league. He's a, a legend. He's a top five, top eight quarterback in this league. Like overall top eight. Like you know what I mean. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking like this year. All time. No, 
I'm talking like greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's a top 10 guy. Easy. He is. He is. Right? Based, yeah, based on his arm so talent and can efficiency. Dak Prescott un, can Dak Prescott dethrone either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? That's the biggest question. Can he do it? Yes, he can. I think he can. And, and Karam Mwani, I'll answer your question. Uh Yes, this year is different. This year is different. I'm seeing a different team. They're they're more confident. They're stronger at the point of attack. They're more aggressive at the point of attack, and they don't look like they're slowing down. That's the key. And going into the playoffs, if you're kind of going in little half ass, you know, whatever you got, you had a good. Like I remember the Steelers late in the year. They had yeah, like ten limp, wins in a row. It, backing your way and limping your way into the playoffs. That's not good. <laughs> but if you're the Cowboys and you're running teams, you're running away with games, and you got uh well yeah, work isn't done yet. That's right, Karam. Uh, but you got running back after running back, you got solid, not the best offensive line they've had, but solid offensive line, and you got like three weapons over the top. Cooper, uh and, and two other guys, their names are slipping me, but I know they got they got talent over the top. They really do. They got Parsons on the defensive side, they have a good defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. This team is is balanced that's what i like about them they're completely balanced whereas the packers if it's if it's the cowboys versus the packers i'm taking the cowboys i'm taking the cowboys because the 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 packers are so inconsistent they they consistently can't stop the run uh and the the cowboys are running down your throat they consistently can't stop over the top game and they throw over the top Mm -hmm. so actually i would take the cowboys just based on scheme now is is the potential for aaron Rodgers to just be an absolute ridiculous freak and throw them into a victory. Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always a potential. But if you're asking me who would I bet on, it'd be the Cowboys. It'd be the Cowboys. I mean, let's, let's say this. Let's say the kid, and I'm calling Dak Prescott the kid. Let's say mm-hmm. let's say the kid overthrows Aaron Rodgers. Bucks and Cowboys round two is going to be awfully interesting because guess yeah. what? Dallas is going to be pissed going into that game, and they're going to be looking for some revenge. You know it, too. You know what I'm talking about. They got screwed out of that first game. Yeah. Dallas is going to be is going to be looking for was some revenge. Was that week revenge. one? It was one of them. It was early. Yeah. Yes, they want revenge. Dak wants to prove that he's worth that contract, that he is a top quarterback in this league. If it's the Bucks versus the Cowboys, I'm choosing the Bucks. But I still—that's going to be a damn good game. That's going to be a damn good game right there. That's what I mean. And even this, right? If we like, so before before uh, we get to the the last segment here, either one of those games, whether it's Bucks Cowboys, Bucks Packers, Packers Cowboys, you know what I mean? Like, it, dude, that's that's going to be. Those those and those those final four teams in the NFC are going to be phenomenal games. Yes. Oh man, the NFC is lit. I, oh, you were forgetting about the Cardinals too. Now Cardinals are starting to skid downwards, but they're still uh, they're still an interesting team. A lot but of these guys are interesting. Way. Believe me, they're, yeah. they're not going to play this bad. They'll find their way. They'll find their way. Very interesting. The NFC is for sure. It's exciting. But. Let's get into our final segment of the night. And this is a little segment we like to call We Told You So. (laughs) Because there's some stuff that we've been right about. And I think I have two and JD's got two. JD, I'll let you go first. So this is hashtag We Told You So. Well, I want to be a transparent person. You know what I mean? I don't want to just like 
just like hype myself up and everything. So I'll give you one that I messed up. I was wrong about first. And then I'm going to tell, tell you what I told you so. I messed and up my – what's that? We'll call we'll call this like because and so when we have to admit that we're wrong because oh yeah a lot of there's some times where the takes on this show just mine included all of ours <laughs> just don't we'll just say that they didn't age well shoot or shoot man shoot or sh- <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's go I'll get, I'm gonna hand it to you bro go ahead okay so what I was wrong about what I was wrong about um. Before I told you so, I was wrong that we should have put Justin Fields in early. I wanted to see him. Uh, I wanted to see him thrive, and I've talked about that before. I think Matt Nagy was right. I think that sitting for a year would have been better for him, but it's too late now, so we can't go back. But I was right a long time ago, man. I, I was going through the old tapes on uh, on my YouTube and, and Facebook video, and I saw this this. Uh, video about just me raging at the Celtics. I was like, man, you had all this young talent and you put in Kyrie Irving and he's going to be a diva and he's going to make everyone in the locker room a diva. And I told you so that everyone's a diva and Bobby and I was right about that. Uh, Everyone's just, the Celtics are a mess. They were one game, five points away from the freaking finals, man. Five points for the finals. And now they're trash. Like, how do you get that way? Um, Get your take on that first before I move on to my other one. Well, you you brought that point to me a while ago that you thought Kyrie ruined the chemistry. Two years ago. Well, so you brought two points to me. You said he ruined the chemistry and he inflated the ego of Jason Tatum. And he also screwed up the way they play the 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 guard position. Yeah. Yep. And you were right on all three. Hashtag I told you 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 told us so on all three because it, ever since the Kyrie thing went down, they they haven't been the same. They haven't been the same. They haven't. It's he he was an actual cancer. He came into that team, and I just remember I, I was I remember the video I showed. It was just highlighting how the Celtics played when Marcus Smart was at the point, and he would just pass the ball. He pass it over here. Horford would pass it. They pass it, and then they get an easy shot. And then Kyrie has the ball. Dribble, 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 shoot. That and that Jason Tatum. What do we see now? Dribble, 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 dribble. Oh, that's cancerous, man. That will destroy your entire mentality. Jason Tatum is not Kyrie Irving, and Jason Tatum was better when the ball was moving all the time. So, definitely told you so. Now, Jason Tatum, I agree with you. Actually, watching him now, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him on a different team. He's worthless. The the attitude, the attitude that he brings to the team just is not good for the Celtics. The attitude, just the attitude. His ability to score is there, but the attitude is toxic. The attitude in the Celtics locker room is just toxic. And it's not. And I <laughs> so here's my I told you so moment. Yeah, here, what is it? I told you so. I told you guys so that here's the first one, I should say. I told you so that Jason Tatum was not, I was not a fan. I was not, I didn't like the pick. I didn't like the attitude. I didn't like the selfishness. Fuck that guy. He can go <laughs> like, I, I, I told you guys. So I told you so I told you so there's multiple reports now coming out that there's arguments in the locker room because JT is too selfish and he needs to use his team more and he refuses to do it because he's more concerned with making the all-star team than winning a championship. 
And, and and that's a damn shame. That's a damn shame because championships are much more prestigious than than all star games and big contracts and everything like that. It's, it's truly said. And I and I think the thing that I highlighted the most is that the Celtics traditionally and Boston teams traditionally are not are not. It's not a place. Boston is not a place for divas. Boston is not the place for divas. Maybe more than any other city. There's, it's you don't have divas in Boston. The, like Larry Bird was not a diva. He was a dick, but he was not a diva. Kevin Garnett was not a diva. Paul Pierce was not a diva. Tom Brady was not a diva. Nobody's a diva in Boston. That's just not a thing. So when when Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving became, they were all diva out and stuff. It's 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 not Boston. It's not what you want Boston to be. So it's it's weird looking. It looks strange. Anyway, uh, but. You're right about Jason Tatum. You've been right about Jason Tatum. Even I was a little bit hesitant. Well, he's talented, you know, all that stuff. I wanted to make excuses, but attitude is everything. Let's be honest, too. I said to you, the scoring ability is not the problem. It never was. JT is a good shot. He's a really good three-point shooter. He's an excellent catch-and-shoot guy. He's he's the only only problem that he has in the scoring is that he he doesn't do well with the the up – up close to the basket. You know, he's a much better yeah. jump shot to three-point shooter. He doesn't do well with the layups up close. He, he tends to miss those. But for the most part, his scoring ability is is very, very, very good. And it's been like that for a while. He's been a very good scorer, right? Shooter. He, ha- he is. He's very good. Oh, it's yeah. the toxic attitude that Kyrie inflated his ego and said, you should just do what, what I do and do iso ball. <laughs> You, yes. should, you can yeah. ISO my Bostonian meatballs right out of here. I'll pay for your plane ticket. Leave, bro. Hashtag, it, it, I told you so. Hashtag, I told you so, bro. When you when when they when they were five points away from the finals, that team was fluid. And yeah, that, that is what it is. It's it's one of those things. It, it's now it's sad to see. Secondly, how long have I been screaming? about Josh McDaniels. I, I dude, see this gray hair? This this <laughs> is from Josh McDaniels this season. All these new gray hairs on you boy are from Josh McDaniels. This Damn season. it Josh. <laughs> Damn it Josh. Damn it Josh, what are you doing to me? So <laughs> Josh has never you know when the Pats play bad, when the Patriots play bad, like legitimately as a team play bad, right? Um Josh McDaniels might not be the whole problem, but he's always a part of it. Always. Whenever the Patriots play bad, he's always, it's always, oh, the, it, it, okay, it's, it's never, oh, the play calling was great, but this. It's always, no, <laughs> the play calling sucked. Josh McDaniels sucked. It was horrible. It was like, like, no, it's you, Josh. It's you. <laughs> I told you guys so. I've been yelling about this since about week four. I told you so. I told you so. Because here's the there's a press conference that came out today, and he basically admitted that he doesn't know how to integrate certain guys into this offense. What? What? You're, how many years have you been in the league, and you saying you don't know how to integrate guys into the offense? Are you fucking serious? Come on, Josh. Josh. Come. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, on, for real, man. 
No, for real though. Like he I, admitted yeah. it that he doesn't know. He does. He just admitted that he doesn't know how to integrate a a a, a forty million dollar tight end that we got in that we got in free agency into the offense. Uh, Johnu Smith, among other players, that he he gave their names and said, "I don't know. I I don't know how to integrate these guys into the uh, what." No, that's 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 hashtag you're fired material right there. It's, I will, it is Minnesota, strange. Minnesota, uh, Vegas, anybody get on like craft, get on the phone right now. I swear I'll pay his plane ticket. Get him out of here. <laughs> he, I mean, it's, I think it's like you said, too. It's he's benefit. He benefited off of Brady a lot, although I will say with Josh McDaniels, he did take Tim Tebow to a playoff game. And one game as a head coach, so I give him a little no credit. Film, there was no film on Tim Tebow, and Tim Tebow had one good throw. <laughs> that's fair. Enough. That's fair enough. And I'm pretty sure uh, Peyton Manning didn't like him. That's why he's gone. Uh, but Sleeping <laughs> Angels, you can have him. I'll fly him to Chicago for you. I'll even pack his bags. Get him I'm out of here. Not he, horribly opposed. He, it's either it's either get him out of here. Or, or put him up in the skybox where he can have like a, like an advisory role, you know, because he's been with the team for so long. Sure. But just play calling responsibilities. If you're admitting that you've been in this league for that long, there's a problem. If you're admitting that you don't Shouldn't know how that. to integrate, that's my biggest issue. And I've been saying that, that there's a problem with the offense running smoothly this whole year, you know. That's what I've been yelling about, that the offense has not looked smooth the entire year. And then this press conference drops today, and he says, I'm having trouble integrating guys into the offense. And you, But that's a concern because how long has he been in the league? And you're about 15 years probably, it seems like. New guys into the offense? That's a massive problem. It definitely is. It's not something you should you should give to the media either. If if you are having that issue, it's not something you want to advertise. Uh, it shows weakness, and it shows and it tells other teams that oh, when this guy's on the field, I'm not. I don't have to worry about them as much, or rather, I can take them out of the game and stuff. And that's it's not something you want to admit. Uh, so it's it, that's a bad leadership move for Josh McDaniels, no question. I just don't understand why you would admit something like that. <laughs> just outright admit it. Why would you ever, even if you were having trouble, why would you ever admit something? Like, I can't believe, I can't believe he said it. He said, (laughs) and he actually like named names, like of players. No question. That is, that's, (laughs) that's just crazy. So it got to the point, JD, where so, it was so bad. It got to the point where it was so bad that his wife was tweeting that he doesn't know what he's doing on Twitter. No way. I want to see this. McDaniels? Mrs. McDaniels, what are you doing throwing your husband under the bus? It, the tweet was something like, hey, hon, you should probably do this more. No way. Yeah. The Boston Jeez. media was all over it. What? Yeah. Wow. How did you tweet that? What is wrong with them? This is like the Belichick's – his Belichick's – oh, man. like what, Is Belichick te- taught them nothing? Like you don't say things, you don't tell people stuff. What is going on here? It's not. It's very anti-Belichickian culture. That is absolutely crazy, wild. Yeah, I see something like that. She's talking on Twitter. That's wild. That is so weird. Hold on. <laughs> That's so weird. Your wife's throwing you under the bus. That's bad. 
I'd be like, honey, don't watch the games then. <laughs> Put down that phone. Josh McDaniel's wife tweets during game that she should he should probably do more run plays. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Josh. That's there's no question about that. His wife was literally trolling him on Twitter after the throwing him under the bus. The, it was I think it, I believe it was during the game. That is tough. When your wife is trolling you, that's not a good thing. That's yeah. That's about as. <laughs> that's cringe. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is what I, I told. Like, I hate to say it, but I told you guys so. Like, <laughs> you don't hate there to was say a, it. There was a. I, I no, I don't hate <laughs> to say it. I told you so. I told you so. I told you guys so and there's a good portion of like pats fans that are like well nee, nee, nee. well i told you so too <laughs> told you guys so too uh there's and yeah there's a lot of thousand percent right with the celtics <laughs> yeah the other thing i was i was right about is i talked about uh about two years ago it's not really i told you so but i did i was going through a lot of archives and files and I talked about how Bray or how Rogers might want to leave, how he's getting fed up with the Packers situation. This is before oh, you were they went so to the yeah. I was about a year and a half ahead season. of that. Yeah. yeah, and then and then about a year later he starts the whole like Adam Schefter thing and all that stuff. I didn't even remember that video until I looked through it and I was like, damn, I told you so. Didn't even know that. But anyway, uh, I predicted he'd go to the Eagles or something. I'm I, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I'm pretty sure um I'm pretty sure he's gonna go to uh uh Pittsburgh or something like that. If he does leave, he said, "JD, you look like Kellen Moore a little." Thank you, Kellen Moore is a handsome man, so I appreciate that. <laughs> it must be the Midwestern type of thing. They're both from like <laughs> middle of the world, middle of the country type of places, Idaho and and Iowa and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But no, um, I think that's it for my. I told you so. At least for now, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. I'll definitely remember all the things that I told you so. <laughs> Um, but I know Bobby. Bobby tells us a lot of stuff, and we 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 both spit we both spit a lot of stuff, and some of it's right, some of it's hilarious, wrong. But you know what? It's all good and fun. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got anything else, man? I think no. That that's it for me, my man. It's it's been a good episode. It's been fun. I cannot wait for the football this season or this uh, weekend, and the basketball coming up over the next couple weeks. It's going to be really exciting. I'm I'm. I'm becoming more and more of a believer and cautiously optimistic that the Bulls are going to be be in line here for a deep run. I, th I really think they are. I think that team chemistry is going to carry them far. That'd be exciting. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. Um, I, I already like the improvements, so that's all I can say. I just found out that John Madden died. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Jared. And John Madden, that's tough. That, that one's a tough one. So, yeah, one more time, rest in peace, John Madden. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. R.I.P. to to a a a legend of the NFL, the sport, and a guy who championed football. I think better than anybody. Just putting putting it out there that people should get involved with the sport and just you know making sure that it had a future, that the sport had a future. I think nobody did it better than he than he could. He's an American icon. I don't think yeah. that, that can be that can be debated. Uh, J or um, Rick, one more question that we should probably answer. JD, how do you and Bobby relate? I don't know if you mean by like how do we like get along, 
or like how are we like we're just friends like we've been, we've do, been we're how, not we're not related we get along i hate this some bitch <laughs> <laughs> no we're, we're buds <laughs> we yeah this fucking mass this fucking mass hole over here no uh <laughs> no uh yeah we're just we're just friends man we hang out and we play so video games and shit we, we started off in another group we did that we both broke off from because i think we both just realized that we had another direction that we could go in and thought it would work i think it would just work it would work better. better so yes. we we broke off from that group and just kind of started our, our well we both had separate channels and then we joined yeah. this group and that's how we met and yes. then we realized that we could you know if we did our we own had a lot show, of chemistry we, yeah yeah if we did our own show um it would just i, I we could have you know it would just work we, we could just work well if we did our if we you know the chemistry was there to do our own show so we we just did our own show I 90 sports podcast, beautiful thing, but yeah, that's that's how we relate. We're just buddies and we love sports, and we have a lot to say about each other's cities and each other's teams. And it makes for a good makes for a good podcast, I think. So, with you guys, make it even better for sure. You guys are, and I, you guys are awesome. I think it works too because I get the outsider perspective on the Boston sports, mm -hmm. and then you get the outsider perspective on the Chicago sports. And then we both bring knowledge from our teams. Cause getting an outsider it, to me, like how people look at the Pats outside of the organization is always curious. Cause I'm, cause I know how we look at them here, you know? Yeah. Right. But it's, I, it's curious. It, it's good to know how, like, how, like what's the, what's the heartbeat of the rest of you know what what are what are the rest of the people look at you know a, a team from the outside that's always i've always kind of you know been interested in how the how the national media looks like how did the national media look at or fan bases outside of my own look at my teams mm -hmm. yeah it's it's always interesting and also we we both i think another thing another reason why we really wanted to start a podcast i just remember this too is that both of us are really sick of espn fox sports and just all this especially like i complain about it all the time i i can't i literally can't even watch it anymore i cannot watch colin cowherd anymore the only no. one i can watch is pat mcafee that's the only person that's like big that i can watch so me and him are just like well we talk about sports with each other more than we even watch espn so why don't we just make a podcast we we'd be playing call of duty for like five hours and just talk about sports for like three of those hours man it's it's crazy so we love to do it. It's fun, and we we got a lot of love for each other, and uh, it's fun. It's just fun. That's how we relate. He says it's it's fucking gold. Thank you, Rick. You, you guys are fucking gold. <laughs> but it's 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 just like you were saying, like like it's just it just natural. Like we could just you know what I mean. Like it, it's the, we're the, raw. Well, it's there's no there's no like agenda behind it. It's just. It's just, you know, we give you guys like like we did with the articles today. We bring you an yeah. article, we read the article, we give our our, you know, our points of view on it. And then we we give, you know, we just we relay our points of view on what what the article was if cuz a lot of these articles have hidden agendas behind like like yes. I think a lot of these articles have hidden agendas behind it and you kind of have to decipher 
like what the real facts in them are. And that's part of reading them and then breaking them down and diagnosing what's in them. Right. And when you have passionate sports fans who really care about their teams, they, they're going to give you a more honest take than somebody who's trying to get in with the team and, 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 you know, has a, has a million like credentials and yeah, like ESPN and Fox, like a lot of times they, yeah. they talk about things that don't matter. And we talk about things that are really that bother us about the about the games that we watch. Like, oh, I love my team, but I wish they'd do X, Y, and Z. That's what we like to talk about. Yeah, and the mainstream media is is just not as good. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of good YouTube. There's an but... agenda attached to the mainstream media. Me and you don't have an agenda. We're here to have fun. We are. That's that's our agenda. Our agenda is fun, and and we just we have a good time. Uh, you know, we're both very busy guys, but we carve out two hours a couple times a week if we can. Uh, to, to, to try to just talk about the world of sports with you guys the way we see it. We're not going to talk about every team. We're not going to talk about every every topic. But we want to break down what we love and what we see, and that's kind of that's where, that's where we're at. So honest is the new rule. That's right, man. Honest and good people are the wave of the future, man. This whole sleazy Adam Schefter, I'm not going to tell you everything, that's in the past. We're moving past that. So absolutely. But, yeah, it's just like – like there's no like there's no big major sponsor but you know like there's no there's no agenda we just come on here and just we read articles we give you know we we're see we have the ability to sort to sort and sift through all the bullshit that they put in the article to find like what the real facts in there like like what are they really trying to say here and what's like just for clickbait stupidness right what which what is what is rage bait? What is clickbait? What is real? And oftentimes, especially with these big companies, you get very little real. Um, and, and even if me and you did have a sponsor or two, we're still going to, we don't care what the sponsor says. We're still going to spit our facts. That's just, yeah. that is what it is. We don't care. If they don't like it, they don't have to be our sponsor. We don't need anybody. So it is what it is. No, no. I, I Yeah, that's, we've always been like that. And that's how it's always going to be. Shout out to you, Sleeping Angels. Go Chicago Bear down, baby. See red. Yes, sir. I love that. We got some Chicago fans in here. Woo! I love the Boston fans, too. I have a, I have well, massive well, respect for Boston. Here's the thing, too, right? You have to – other fan bases of other teams that have been through, like, hell and back and still show up for and still show up for their teams, and when their teams get finally get good – and finally re- are starting to reach potential. You have to have respect for that. You know what I mean? Like both, like, like there's just certain parts of this country and certain fan bases, in, in, you know, in parts of this country that just, they show up no matter what, you know, no matter what the record of the team, no matter if it's good or bad or year in and year out, they just show up. Absolutely. That's Chicago. That's Boston. Definitely. Some of the most passionate fans in the entire country, the entire world. Yeah. But that's, there's just certain areas of this country that have certain fan bases that literally are just diehard. Bulls fans are diehard fans. They remember the glory day. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Celtic fans are diehard fans. As much as I hate that icky purple and gold, Laker, <laughs> a lot of Laker fans, a lot of them. I want to live say, and die. I want to say 90% of them are diehards. They know. They've been watching since the magic day, you know, since, <laughs> you know, they, they, a lot of just there's certain there's certain areas of the country that just have diehard fan bases. And even if they root for the wrong team, 
that's not a Boston team. You know, it's still <laughs> you have to you have to respect it. You have to respect the fandom and how they just and how they rep all the time. We also did. Uh, sorry, I don't want to get too off track. We also did Brady Watch together. You remember that? That was fun. We did do. That, we did see, like five I think episodes. That's what really. Brady that's what made us want to do it. Brady Watch to me, I think, is what really made me and you realize that we could do the whole podcast thing. Yeah. Because of how much time, like, we would just spend, like, we would spend two hours, like, four times, like, three times a week, just literally <laughs> just monitoring the Brady situation. That was it. That was all it was, was just monitoring the Brady situation and diagnosing all these little tweets and all this. You know, dude, we, we, we did. We went full <laughs> matrix red pill mode on that one. <laughs> we we were like trying to <laughs> we were trying to get the lips of remember Julian Edelman and and what was it Jimmy Fallon and Tom Brady were at were at like a a, a Syracuse game. Trying to read we the were, lips on what we they were trying, saying. And we were like we we're like dude Julian said that yeah we were like Julian says he's coming back he says he's coming back man we we were all over the place we were deep down the rabbit hole. That was fun. So yeah, Dude, we that was when we really full, liked it. We went full on like Neo from the Matrix mode in that in that whole series. We did. Yeah, I I really do think that that's what made us realize that we could do the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. where we could sit here and talk sports and have, and and I mean to pull back the curtain for you guys a little bit, like just to give you a little a little kind of, we write a script for this, like we yeah, and it's not like a script script. It's just. There's just bullet points that we want to get across to all you guys to help the show flow. Yeah. Like we write a script every every time we do a show, there's always bullet points and a script that go with it because we don't want to miss anything. We don't want right. to miss nothing. And it just helps the show flow better. It does. Absolutely. It, it helps it flow better. A lot of shows on YouTube, they just kind of like hop on. All right, guys, here's a few topics and we're going to talk about them. And it gets all over the place. It's it's crazy. But but Bobby has a good way of kind of like introducing topics. And I try to reel myself back in a little bit. Bobby's really good at, at, at keeping the flow going. And we just feed off each other, I think. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. we feed off each other a lot. So it's nice. It's very fun. But I mean, like, without, a, without writing a script per show, it's just tough to stay. Like, because you can't, I can't, all the information that's on that script, I could never remember. That's yeah. I need it. It's a it's a it's a it's a cliff note for what we're gonna it do is. for the show. That's it. Yeah, cliff notes. They, that's what it is. They're cliff notes. They're they're to scripted cliff notes because we don't always know what we're gonna say, but we know yeah, we kind of formulate ideas beforehand and then we kind of let them flow. So it'd be, that way it's raw and natural. So it, it's fun. It definitely is fun. I have I have a great time with you, my guy. I definitely do. But Wouldn't I, do it with I anybody think- else. I do think the Brady watch is what drove home the fact that we could do the podcast stuff because it was that that we would just spend two hours talking about sports and we're like, what the hell? We might as well just try it out. We might as well just just do a podcast. Open up the palette. Yeah, don't, don't talk about just Brady because we we literally talked about two hours. We did like hour to two hours of just Brady and Belichick. Yeah, for, it was crazy, but we did it. So if you could talk about that for two hours, you can talk about anything for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> True. But that's it for episode twenty-two. Episode twenty-two, man. We're we're just we're 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 banging them out, dude. Banging them out. 
Man, tomorrow, episode 23 next time. That's, that's a special number in Chicago sports history. That, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for episode 23. We'll have to make sure episode 23 is fired in order of 20, in order, you know, in honor of 23. <laughs> we should. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll have something planned for you guys. It'll be exciting. Maybe we'll have to go Bulls heavy. Ooh, something like that. We'll, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out. That'll be nice. That'll be, that'll be really fun. I'm excited for episode 23. Yes, Rick, let's take it to another level. Everyone tell all your friends. if they if they, Oh, man, I hate sports talk these days. I-90 sports talk. Listen, the ultimate goal is to get this to the point where me and JD can just do this. Literally. Every day. Every that day. That is the goal. We'll That'd just awesome. come on here, hang out, possibly drink some beer, and talk some sports. That would be, that'd be that'd awesome. That's the ultimate goal. And we're both working towards that in every single way. So we're excited. But don't, I mean, we always say it at the end of every show, guys. And even just during, like, we have the best fans of any podcast Insane. out there. Facts. Like, those are straight facts. The guys that hang out in the chat here and, and all of you guys, the fans, what we do wouldn't be possible. And this is, goes for anybody who's listening on on iHeart, too. Without you guys downloading the podcast and listening and showing the support that you do, this isn't possible. It's literally not possible. You guys, the fans of this, are what make it. You guys are the heartbeat of it. You're feeding us. You're literally feeding us. And, yeah. and we're eating it, and we're getting more energy, and we want to do it more and more and more. I love it. I love it. So I would say I haven't watched. I haven't been watching live in a while. Well, we, I missed we it. Appreciate, appreciate you watching, back, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for watching, my guy. Always. Um, so, once again, though, guys, I just we like to shout both areas out because we do have fans on iHeart that are listening mm-hmm. on iHeart Radio. Once again, guys, and for those of you that do just listen on iHeart Radio, me and JD do broadcast the show live on YouTube at Beantown Breakdown. So, if you want to be a part of the live chat and you want to come in here and and actually ask us a question. You know, live live on the broadcast, you are more than welcome to do that. It's Beantown Breakdown. And uh, starting with this episode, I believe JD's channel is going to be, will have the I-90 Sports Podcast as well. Yes. I'm going to uh, to cut it up and we'll get it on there real quick. Uh, So, yeah, check that out. I-90 Sports Talk. Ross, Ross, that take is horrible. That take is awful. You are Cow- wrong. Battlefield versus Battlefield, God. <laughs> Battlefield, no offense, man. As much as I complain about Call of Duty, Call of Duty is better. A better guns. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'd have to, I haven't played much of Battlefield, but I like Call of Duty quite a bit, so can't complain. Uh, but, yeah, you guys can find me on I-90 Sports Talk, I-90 Sports Talk, and then I'm also on Cheerio Plays playing Call of Duty with Bobby all the time. If you just want to listen to us riff, <laughs> if you want to listen to us riff and yell about Call of Duty, then and come on in. So, yeah, it's it's always fun. Um, and we go, I just got to say one more time, rest in peace, John Madden, American icon, passed away today. One of a kind. One of a kind. That's all I can say. Let's. Is it safe to say – a lot of sports broadcasters probably wouldn't be where they are where they are at today if it wasn't if it wasn't for him. It has to be the case. I, I feel like it has to be the case. Uh, 
even even football fans, I don't think would love football as much. A lot of them, if it weren't for John Madden, at least the ones who grew up with him. So rest in peace, Madden. Absolutely. Always be remembered. One, one last time, R.I.P. to John Madden. Once again, like J.D. has stated, an American icon, somebody who championed football better than anyone and, you know, ensured that the sport had a future. And, you know, rest in peace. Our, mine and J.D.'s thoughts and condolences go out to the entire Madden family um, for, for their loss and for the game, too. The NFL has lost a huge advocate. Um, he will definitely be missed. And I don't think we're going to see another broadcaster with his with his charisma and his just the ability to just be bigger than the game. Yeah, he'll, he'll always – he's been missed since he retired, but now that he's gone, I mean, it's just – it puts it all into perspective, man. Enjoy every single day. But I think that is going to do it, guys. So as we do, we always end every show the same way here. And it's just by saying thank you to all of you guys. So once again, me much love and appreciation from me and JD for all of the support that you guys have shown. 4,749 strong. Hell yeah. 4,749, making our way towards 5,000. So before we leave, JD, hit him with it. Better down, baby. See red. Hey, go Bears, Anthony. That's what's up. All right. Love to see it. All right, boys. Go Pats, go Celtics. Bear down for, Bear my, down, baby. for my Chicago Bears crew. See red. We're out of here, guys. Me and JD love y'all. Love you guys. Episode 22. See you next in time. The books. And we gone. Have a good night, guys.